what I mean? <laughs> Not much. It's been a uh, short week since our last recording. Yeah. A few days earlier than normal, but there's good reason for it. I, from, from so, so I hear. So I hear. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Gonna roll right into this because I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, I know this is like tripsing into the week already a little mm-hmm. bit, but very interested to hear your thoughts uh, on Final Fantasy XIV, especially since the update is coming out in uh, hours. Yeah, and you know it's kind of fair to kind of jump into my week because I'm gonna go ahead and say it. the only thing I've touched was fourteen, um, and one of the things I didn't want to talk about today are the patch notes they released. Um, Sure. So, all right. So, I'm just going to get my week stuff out of the way, and then we can talk about notes or whatever you want. I'm So, I am not caught up to Shadowbringers. So, I will not be ready at release. Um, I have, let me pull up my Twitch so I can see my title, 77 quests until I am ready. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a valiant effort, but the level gates have stopped me um mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating because <clears throat> it was rough for a base game i'd say up to heavensward the quests were very were pretty long overall um there perhaps weren't as many until you got to you know that hundred quest stretch but they were longer uh uh Stormblood, it's, these titles are blurring together at this point. To, and mm-hmm. real quick, can we take a moment to acknowledge how annoying it is that there are two expansions now that'll be SB, so you have to do SHB for <laughs> Shadowbringers? And then I'm like, mm, Shadowblood, yeah. Stormbringers, you know, I'm just mixing them up at that point. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so getting to Stormblood, I was really happy to see that the quests were overall shorter. So even though there mm-hmm. w- were a good amount of them, you know, I'd have to pull up my little thing to look and see how many. Uh, and that was 122 as part of the main Storm Stormblood uh, quest line. Mm-hmm. But I'm just knocking them out one after another, one after another, at least until I hit a level wall. And then I have to go take an hour plus to finish leveling up, you know, depending um, on where it falls in daily resets and all this so I can get the bonuses from the dungeons, but I don't want to do dungeons because it takes so long. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, the the leveling is rough. And I'm currently level, uh, hold on, where's my note? 67. So I'm almost there. I'm so mm-hmm. close. It's killing me. I have... 37 quests left in Stormblood, and then I'll be done with the main quest, and I'll have to just do the middle, you know? But, yeah, it's been rough. And Stormblood, as an expansion, is kind of interesting. Um, I like the look of a lot of the cities uh, in the zone, Um, but, but I'm not a fan of the zones themselves. You know, the whole water thing's annoying. Uh, there's a lot of terrain, which 
once you get to the flying stuff in Heaven's Ward, that kind of becomes a trend of having, oh, well, this would be really easy to navigate if you could fly, but until then, it's going to be hell. Um, yeah. And Stormblood is really the epitome of that, uh, at least until you get where I'm at in, and you get to an open zone, which when I saw how open it was, I was like, oh, thank goodness, finally some some release from this maze. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, yeah, it's so hard to get a perspective on somebody that's been, and this is not a, you know, they're better than you or you're them, whatever, but it's it's hard to get a good gauge of like, look, man, I've been in these areas from, from day one, mm-hmm. as opposed to you that kind of will be going through everywhere, like go, 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 go. Yep. You know, oh man, that's that that grind, that slog is always going to be there for the older generations. And I mean, we're not saying much. WoW's been doing that for a decade or more, mm-hmm. so I get it. It's just crazy to think about, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I look at, I can complain all I want about you know not being caught up and stuff. I've had an active subscription for years. I could have been caught up. <laughs> it's my own fault, you know. So yeah. I have nobody to blame but myself. Um, but I like to think I've put in a valiant effort. Uh, and I, you know, if it wasn't maintenance all day today, maybe I would have gotten close enough to where I could, you know, eke it out in the morning when it releases and enjoy the content. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll still hop in tomorrow and hopefully get caught up uh, pretty quick so that I can kind of stick with the crowd, if you will, um, Yeah. on Shadowbringers. I, I am... As annoyed as I am by a lot of the zones and the level cap stuff, I am enjoying the story overall. Uh, There are a few moments of, all right, this is perhaps a little too much filler, but at the same time, I appreciated a lot of it because the experience reward for story quests is more than side quests. So Mm -hmm. the way I look at it is if I'm going to have to do, you know, 20 quests to level, 20 main quests level, let's put it that way, instead of 30 or 40 side quests, that's a net win, you know? So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm totally exactly. okay with that. Uh, I just, it almost makes you wish they added more story quests, you know? The way, and I'm trying to think of a game that does this. Um, I, I can't think, though, of, and this is kind of an RPG thing in general, not even just MMO RPGs. But having the story progress at the same rate as you level so that you hit a level gate, so to speak, but the story, there were enough quests that you are the right level, you know? I think if they had designed around that a little better, uh, it wouldn't be as much of an issue. It also may not have been an issue if I had done the dailies, you know, roulettes and stuff, but... That takes away yeah. time from, you know, questing. So it's it kind of a catch-22. That's also where the grindy part comes in, you know, where yeah. you're like, oh, well, I got to do all. I have to go down my checklist of 13 things to do today, <laughs> which on the one hand, yeah, you're getting stuff from it. I mm-hmm. mean, you're, you, there's reward for it. There's progression in it. But the other, on the other hand, it's boot up, go check my stuff, go play something in a casino, win my stuff. Oh, all right, now time to go do the work. And mm-hmm. I, just that is something that I cannot wait for. 
MMORPG companies to figure out ways around that, which, if I'm not mistaken, 14 seemingly has gotten pretty good about it. There's There are multiple ways to get XP and multiple ways to, to do mm-hmm. things, but yeah, it's still a... It's still there. It's like the main go-to. It's pushed as the main go-to. Yeah. Over on uh, Dropped Frames this week, uh, they had uh, Mr. Happy, who I don't know anything about, but he's apparently a big Final Fantasy XIV oh, yeah. streamer. Um, mm-hmm. But he was on there, and the way he described it was, 14 is a little different from other MMOs, and this is a direct comparison they were making to WoW, to World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you know, WoW has... It's, you know, certain things that they do a lot of. They have really deep uh, content for, you know, whether it's raids or whatever else. I'm not a wild player, so I can't, you know, speak to it too much. But the mm-hmm. important part of this that's relevant to conversation is uh, he said that 14 is more like a ocean of content. There, If you look at the widespread, mm-hmm. there is so much to do. There are tons of things to do. Oh, yeah. But none of them are super deep, you know? So yeah. I found it to be a very apt comparison. Um, and that's kind of like the uh, switching over to Destiny uh, for a second. That's kind of the way uh, I look at it as well. It's one of those that has, or in the past, had not as much content. It was more of a, all right, you got the raid and you got PvP. That's <laughs> those are your choices, you yeah, know. That's it. Uh, yeah. But in the last, you know, year, year and a half, I don't even know, I, two years probably at this point. It's time flies. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, there's all these other things. They just added a whole new thing I haven't even done yet. On top of the things I'm still not caught up caught up on. So it's like, all right, you have all these options now. Uh, now if only they'd you know give some more rewards and Iron Banner that leveled you up, I'd be happy. But um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's adding those options so that if a player doesn't want to raid, they don't have to. They have other options. Yeah. Um, I One of my favorite things about 14 is actually the way they handle crafting because I'm a crafter. Yes. Um, yes. I love crafting and that's, you know, what I do during the day uh, when I'm not streaming the game is I'll just spam craft stuff as i mentioned before i have everything to level 30 now uh for crafts uh and i went and i finished crafting you know the all hq set for (laughs) my uh crafters so that i can go you know from 30 to 40 um making my gear as i go try and keep them balanced since you know so many dependencies on being able to craft materials for items uh Mm-hmm. And to get into the notes a little bit, they, well, real quick before I get into any details, holy crap, the number of changes they are making to, like, everything with this patch. Mm-hmm. Like, they're reworking stats, they're re- reworking UIs, they're reworking party stuff. It's, it's bonkers. Um, yep. But, yeah, for the crafting in particular, since that's what I'm talking about, they are changing the UI. It's going to have more information. They're removing elemental affinities, which I haven't messed with too much. Um, I just have a vague idea of, you know, how they work and stuff. But now those are going away. (laughs) So uh, the 
pretty much every crafting class is losing one or two abilities that were rel were, were related to that. And then they're shifting around some other stuff, um, making stuff apply to all crafters instead of just one, um, which frees up a, you know, shared ability and all this stuff. So I'm not a high level crafter yet, but I can already see the implications this has to every tier of crafting, you know? It's, mm, yeah. It's crazy. Um, to go into some of the For other the things. For the better, though, right? Yes, you know? absolutely. Uh, better, much better type things. Uh, like for the UI, they're actually going to show you what 100% uh, efficiency on a action is. So it's like, hey, if you do a you know quality increase at 100% efficiency, your craft is going to go up or your quality is going to go up 50 points and you go oh okay i now no longer have to guess what this is i no longer have to wonder did that gear upgrade change this enough for me to be able to get one more quality increase before i finish the item you now are able <laughs> to have a firm number go okay i will increase it by 47 i have 46 uh you know to go all right i can do this um so yeah positive good changes um i gotta tell you man it's been it's been so long since i played ff11 mm -hmm. that i definitely do not have a good uh handle or recollection on the crafting i remember getting to the point where it was like okay dude if you want to make money and progress through things you need to craft and that you had to craft and start selling shit. I imagine over time that changed, but we're talking like the first year to that game being released. That's what I started dwindling down to. And granted, we're talking well over 15, 14 something years ago yeah. compared to now. Uh, I thought 11's initial crafting system was interesting on the notion that I've never been part of another crafting system. So it's mm -hmm. all I knew. But comparing 14's crafting system oh, in general, oh, I can totally see people, which I have. I used to see people in our free company uh, this way. They didn't do shit in the game. They didn't go on quests. They didn't do side quests. They didn't do raiding. Nothing. They got on, they would be in their house with some kind of bonus attached to it and just crafting and mm -hmm. uh, alchemy, whatever. Just making shit. And that's how Eleven and got to us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's shit got good and it's mm -hmm. it's 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 so well designed and so good that that's like, yeah, this is like our aspect of the game. And it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's so to kind of compare the two. For those that don't know much about Eleven as well, um, Eleven has a much simpler crafting system, but it's interesting in the way that they don't tell you recipes, so you have to just try stuff essentially, and it'll either say this isn't mm. valid or it is. Um, there are some in-game things that will give you some recipes, but overall, I don't know that there's any one, like, official source. You know, it's typically crowdsourced, yeah. wiki-type thing. Hey, this is the recipe for this, or whatnot. Or, you know, I don't know if they're even in the files and people will skim them that way. I don't know. I'm just a player. Um, and I use the wikis. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> so you put in your recipe, 
And a quality of life change they added in much, much later is that you actually can select from a list of recent recipes and it'll put the materials in for you. And Oh, so nice. Yes, especially when you have up to eight, eight, I think it is, slots of ingredients. So if you have an eight mm. ingredient recipe, you're like, all right, select this, put it in, select this, put it in, you know, rinse and repeat for eight yeah, items yep. and they can be wherever in the inventory. If you're smart, like I, you know, and other crafters that do it a lot are, you put all the ingredients together at the top of your list. Mm. You reorder your inventory so you can do it quickly. But yeah, it's still a slog. Um, but when you crafted, you had varying tiers of success, but they were determined by your level in relation to the recipe's level. So there would become a point where, if I'm remembering right, you could never fail that recipe. It would always 100% hmm. succeed. Um, and there are different tiers for like being able to HQ items. You know, when you're 10 levels above, you have a X percent chance of getting an HQ version of the recipe. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I think that's the base of it. Uh, one of my favorite yeah. things is I really liked the way skill ups worked. Aside from being random, uh, whether or not you'd get your skill up, um, the further away from the recipes of level you were, uh, if you were below it, I should say, the further below you were the recipe, the hot more, uh, I want to say the more frequently, you'd get them more frequently, and you had a better chance at getting a bigger increase. And the way increases mm -hmm. work were either 0.1 to 0.3, I want to say. I don't know if that changed or if I'm remembering wrong. But I think it was 0.1 or 0.3. So you always wanted the 0.3s if you could. Uh, and let's see. And basically, as you know, it, it just functioned off, you know, 1 to 100 for crafting levels and, you know, your little decimal uh, thing. The downside is you had no way of tracking that. It did not tell you in the UI what your decimal was on your level. So you'd be mm. like, all right, well, I'm assuming I, uh, I've i got like 0.7, I think. And then you get a you know three skill up and you're like, well, I guess I wasn't at 0.7 after all because I didn't level. Uh, but that's just mm. a little UI thing. And that was very minor. Um, what I did was I put it in, you know, my bizarre comment uh, so I could track it that way. Um <laughs> But it was, it's very straightforward. Um, and there mm. are one of the downsides to that crafting system is if you are too far over or once you hit the recipes level, you would not get skill ups from it anymore. Whereas yeah. in 14, I can grind one item all day long if I want. The experience yep. will gradually go down, but I'm still getting experience. Mm-hmm. But that um, that could be worth it, you know, depending on the cost of materials, etc. Um, and I really like, and I talked about this a little bit last week or whenever, uh, one of our recent 14 discussions. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I really like how you have so much control over your HQ result because you can, yeah, you can complete a craft. Uh, I think if it's unlocked, you can technically complete it just by spamming the uh, progress thing. 
I want to say you cannot fail if you just spam that. So you have to make the choice. All right, well, I'm going to go for HQ. So I have to preserve, you know, 50 points of quality for those actions that will be required for me to complete the item. But I have the other, you know, 40 to go for the HQ. And sometimes you get really close and you're like, eh, I could risk it with a not 100% progress upgrade. But then if I don't get that, then I just completely fail the item. So there's a lot of, a lot, <laughs> but it's all on your choice, you know? Yep. Um, yep. It's. And I like that. Yeah. It's very minimal RNG. There is RNG, of course, but your choice matters more. And there are so many abilities that up your percentage yeah. chance that you can turn the 90% or 80% into 100% really easy. Um, so you just have to determine if you want to do that, if you have the points and whatnot. Um, yeah, to bring this all back to say the crafting changes look good. Um, and I'm, that's probably what I'm going to test first <laughs> since I'm not caught up. <laughs> I'll probably log in and go, okay, let's go craft some. What do I have? Yeah. Let's look at this UI and see if this, if any of the ability changes as well are changing how I'm crafting. Um, I don't think I'm high enough for it to really matter to me yet, except for my goldsmith. But I think the changes there make my goldsmith also not impacted. <laughs> I'm high enough for it yeah. to be impacted, but not enough for it to change anything, I should say. I think that's a better way of putting it. Um, but yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> another big change they're making is the so it's kind of a a set of changes they're making um kind of focusing around the addition of the trust system as well as doing what i i i'm trying to think of what mr happy referred to as and i'm losing the term but basically they're changing the way stats work so okay material that raises the base stats, strength, vitality, etc., will no longer work. Hmm. So they're completely taking out that part of the stat equation. Um, and they're revising other stuff. Uh, did I even... Did I saw the thing open? I don't know if I do or not. I thought I was on it, but that was a different uh, thing. But, yeah, I... And I'm really curious... Really, really curious to see how this will change uh, gear and whatnot, because it's also affecting gear, of course. So mm -hmm. it's I, I, I am lost and confused when it comes to this. <laughs> um, really? Because I don't know what impact it'll have. I don't know how much it'll matter to me as a not high level, high tier player at this point, you know, I'm still doing main story quests that are, you know, six levels behind and it'll be 16 levels behind, uh, depending how you look at it yeah. uh, tomorrow. But when I, I would imagine, I would guess that they are very minimal impact because they're adjusting with stats I imagine they're also adjusting enemies uh, and whatnot because they're they're also adjusting, you know, 
NPC actions, monster actions, um, TP is being removed. Which, let's be real, hmm. I don't know about you and what jobs you played, but as a ninja, I don't care about TP. The only thing I can even get close to uh, running out of TP on is if I spam my little uh, kunai spam attack. And that's not worth mm-hmm. doing. So, And then I have an ability that gives me TP. So it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what relevance that will have. Well, I played so... Oh man, I don't want to divert the conversation at all, but for the for the background for you and everybody else, the so I had six characters in that game. And I know the people that are playing 11 uh, 14 right now are going, "Wow, whoa, what? Calm down. I didn't do it to build money or, or buy them and build them up and sell them or anything like that. I just it's the it's a bare basic. I have no other explanation for it other than I wanted one character of every race back in the day. I had a main character who was uh, Mihote, and that was a dragoon. And, well, that was my main character, and my main job was dragoon. Over time, I started developing every character to have one of at least every uh, 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 job type. So I had a DPS, which was a a dragoon. I had a tank, which I picked warrior, and I had a healer, which I picked white mage. That really only stopped with my main character. I didn't further explore those throughout the other five because obviously, duh, time. But um, it was also the idea that I could swap in and out. Uh, I was a I was a raid leader of a very very small but very uh, cool group of people. And, you know, the ideal was, well, if my tank doesn't show up or one of my tanks doesn't show up, uh, specifically the warrior, I could jump in. Or if the healer didn't show up, I could heal. Never really ever had to do that. Um, But for other things, I did get to jump in. Like I got to play, I mainly played DPS and did get to play tank every now and again. Healer was just the one that I I had the least experience with. (gasps) But... um, as a dragoon, yes, TP was definitely a thing for me because I had a rotation, and that rotation would sap my TP and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm definitely not sure about ninja or really any other job, only because of memory loss. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, TP was definitely a thing for me. All right. Well, I'm curious how that will uh, affect the you know high lower high level players then. Um, mm-hmm. related in that it's also a player uh, currency. Uh, what what word am I looking for there? I don't know. Um, but maximum MP is going to be capped at 10,000 and they're adjusting MP costs as well to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, PD is being changed from increasing max MP to increasing MP regen. Um, but that only affects healers. So that sounds good to me because there's always this mentality of, um, you know, adding 10 maximum MP is only good as long as you have that MP to use. 
So mm, yeah, yeah. Up, upping the MP region instead gives you more MP to use over time in comparison. So seems that seems positive for healers, but I'm curious how the max MP and all those changes will affect other spellcasters. Because I know black mages are bonkers. I've already seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but I I I did have a character as a black mage and man I so I I, I didn't play it for a whole, whole lot. I didn't play it for, you know, several hours or several raids, but I played it enough. I think I did a fair bit of dungeon crawling with it. And man, just just you could get drunk off of playing a fucking black mage. Just <laughs> just watching watching HP meters just 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 disintegrate and yeah there usually was a trade-off you know you had cast time and shit like that or you built up uh it's, it's been so long audience i'm so sorry but when you launch that fucker like me as a dragoon i had to hit 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 do like seven eight nine hits to take a huge chunk watching that fucker just go boop, and the gauge just go oh man that's i fucking enjoyed that definitely Alright, um, man, there are so many changes. Um, related to, well, possibly related, I don't know how this impacts things. This kind of goes into the trust system being added. But they're removing, essentially, all pet-related stuff, um, as far as being part of the, like, pet actions are removed. Um, and they're now becoming player actions, which I don't know what that means unless it's like the, uh, instead of being on the pet bar, which we have now, it'll be like the companion stance icons, which are just part of your, you know, character actions. So they won't be mm -hmm. off to their own thing anymore. But here's an interesting one. Pets can no longer be targeted by player or enemy actions. So enemy can't target a pet. So, and well, yeah, I'm just thinking. Are, are we saying? Uh, so, are we talking specifically about like a summoner? Or? Uh, I don't know. It just says pets. And huh. my biggest question there is: Does that is the companion the same thing as a pet? Because I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, but it says, also, pets will no longer be displayed in the party list. And that pet HP will no longer be displayed when targeted. I guess because it can't do it, you know, it can't be targeted anymore. So no sense of showing HP. It'll just be invincible. But if this applies to companions, then that would be kind of broken if you have a tank companion. So yeah. I'm wondering if companions are excluded from that. And it's just like other pets, whether that's summoner. Or, because I don't know about summoners. Do summoners have tank pets? Pets? How how does that? I work? mean, summoners have pets, but I don't know if they have tanks. Pets specifically. I I play. I leveled up a summoner, but I can't tell you. Wasn't too fond of summoner. Sure. In the day. Okay. Well. <laughs> 
it's that's that's one of the biggest changes for me because I run around with my companion all the time, and the mm. trust system is great, but that's only in dungeons or you know duties I should say. Whereas the companions everywhere else, that's literally the only place companions aren't used is in the duties. <laughs> so it, yeah, I don't know, and I'm. I I think that's just one that I'm mean, gonna just have to wait and see, you know? Yeah. Um they're adjusting limit breaks, which I don't know. Uh they seem to be reducing it so that your limit breaks will come slower, which is I, I kinda have mixed feelings about it. Cause it seems like um That'll slow down the duties overall. But a lot of mm. times, I mean, because I've had a couple of clutch uh, duties where we were on the final boss and we would have wiped if we didn't have, you know, that bar fill up right then, uh, the second bar typically, mm. not the first um, or even third, depending on what it was. Uh, so I don't know. That seems unnecessary. <laughs> Unless, <laughs> caveated, unless this is because we're overall stronger after the stat changes. Or the duties are so strong that, are not duties, uh, uh, trust are so strong that this is necessary. Yeah, it could be. Um, there are some weapon skills and spells that will have their own timer now. So instead of, you know, all weapon skills being on the same timer, some will be separate. Uh, though it says they'll all be subjected to the global timer still. So uh, I'm curious if that's only on new things from 7080 or if they're going to be retroactively applying that. Because um, the the example, they sh- excuse me, the example they show for that and another uh, change uh, related to charged actions, whatever those are, are level 74 and 76. So I'm guessing that's just a new mechanic, not a retroactive mechanic. Which, again, m- minor impact then. It's just learning something new. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Just figure out where to work it into your rotation then. I also want to say, you know, to the audience, in case we're losing anybody, in case any, you know, I mean, realize that you're talking to at least a, a veteran fan and a current mm-hmm. fan of 14, this might not be your cup of tea. Uh, something to take away for you, general audience, is the good things about just like, for example, the updates that Chris is bringing up. This game, I, and I noticed this across the, the multiple patches and expansions that I played. If, if there's something in this game that you think is off or could use some tweaking or you wish was better, I promise you, it's coming. This game did such a good job over time of addressing, especially quality of life instances. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't have a tailored list in front of me right now, but... I do remember things like the market board that was something there was something that would change for that. Um, a general housing, something got changed for that. Hell, just like the the way that uh, uh, menus worked and the way that texts work and mm-hmm. UI changes and chat changes and um, 
just so much. It, I, um, I don't know if other RPGs do it, MMOs. I'd, Im- I'd imagine so, but it was always nice to one see a. Uh, they would put this shit in like their live letters, mm-hmm. and for those that are unaware, live letters is where basically the directors or producers get up on stage and go, "Hey guys, we have the next patch coming. Here are some things to look forward to. Here are some of the changes. Uh, here are some of the fixes. Whatever." And that shit would be in that. Like, they would let you know, hey, that, that pesky thing in the market board you didn't like, we're changing that. It's, this is coming. So it was always great to see that. And then when the patch released or the expansion released, you would see patch notes, detailed patch notes, mm-hmm. and it would tell you there as well. And on multiple occasions, there would be something where it's like, oh, man, it's like they're just overlooking this thing. It's so crazy how this hasn't get hasn't gotten changed yet. And then the next patch, oh, yeah, we fixed that. And like it's just always improving, always listening to the audience, especially the paying audience and mm-hmm. making app changes. And again, a lot of those were quality of, of life. So, so good to see that. Yeah, a funny one to mention, uh, you know, talking about how they, and some things won't be immediately fixed. It's not like, you know, they're going to solve world hunger overnight. These are gradual changes. <laughs> they make what they can and then push out more, you know, later on. But I was actually looking into uh, retainer info, or actually inventory info and kind of delved off into retainer info, uh, which is an NPC that can store items and do various things for you. Um but I was reading and it, someone made the comment, now if only they would, you know, fix the UI so I don't have to back out 17 times to switch between <laughs> retainers. And that was a comment, I want to say, at least two years old. And mm-hmm. in the patch notes, they're changing the retainer UI. So you'll yep. be able to go back to the list of retainers instead of going all the way back out and then in, you can just... You know, it'll save you like three clicks, maybe, but it's enough when you have but still. Yeah, I have five retainers right now. Some of them temporary. I'm going to get rid of uh, once I finish leveling and doing crafting and stuff. But inventory management in that game. Holy crap. Anyway. Yep. But yeah, so that, that adds <laughs> up. Uh, you know, I have I have to go to my ore and, you know, metal retainer to get these materials. And then I have to go to my you know, cook to get these ingredients for this recipe. And I need to go with my other retainer that kind of has a bunch of other stuff to get another material. And then I need to go to my one that I just stuck all my bones on because I ran out of room in the others <laughs> to get this. So I'm, I'm going through four retainers to get ingredients for one thing I'm trying to craft. And while there are, you know, justified complaints overall about the inventory system in the game and inventory management in general, it having this made a little bit easier is you know a first step to you know easing what they can um so yeah it's and there are a lot of quality of life changes for the people that you know do the house stuff they're changing they're removing some restrictions on house furniture apparently outside you can only put certain stuff i don't even have a house so i don't know how this works but they're removing that limitation. So no matter what ward you're in or what zone, I guess, you can put whatever decorations outside. So if you want to be in the Far East and put, you know, Western decorations outside, I think that's what that means. You can do it now. Whereas before you could only do Far Eastern. 
you know, as in broad terms that I don't understand what I'm talking about. I think that's how I understand <laughs> it to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not sure either, but yeah, it's, it's just good, man. It's, it's, it's good with how transparent vocal and out there they are with, yeah, we're, we're, we're adding things, but we're also fixing things We're we're hearing your feedback mm-hmm. and we're changing it. And that's, that's so good, man. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of getting away from patch notes specifically, but still an update thing. I'm, I'm kind of torn because I want to play dancer, but I'm, how would I level it? <laughs> I couldn't just switch and immediately be able to do the story quest, you know, because of the level requirement. I would need to be right. 70. So I'm going to have to gain 10 levels. So it's like, okay, I guess the, I'll have to play Shadowbringers as a ninja and then level Dancer or just ignore Shadowbringers for a while and get caught up. Hey, man, what did Persona 5 teach you? Take your time. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally forgot to write it down. But there are a couple of tracks in 14 and... I don't I don't know if it's something I was watching or something else, but there was a persona like song that came on hmm. and I was like, Oh man, I wanna play Persona. When does S come out? When does the Switch <laughs> version come out? I wanna go play it. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm now where before I was like, Okay, yeah, that's cool, I'm gonna play it when it comes out. I'm now like, all right, when is it? I want it now. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I made the comment before, if I ever went through Persona 5 again, Mm -hmm. that would be the third time that game is contending to go up on my wall. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take too much mental, it doesn't take too many uh, mental mental gymnastics. I cannot talk today. It's a long day, Chris. Uh, It doesn't take too many, too much mental gymnastics for me to go, man, you know, I do not have to twist my own arm behind my back to want to play that. Like, I just <laughs> think of Persona 5. I, mm-hmm. I hear music from Persona 5, and I go, yeah, I would totally. And I, it's so funny. I, I I hear, you know, people in my head, not in a crazy way, but I hear <laughs> what people would be saying, like, dude, whoa, whoa, calm down, man. You've already went through that entire game twice. Mm-hmm. You did everything. You have hundred. You platinum the damn game, which is something yep. I've never done before. And you did everything. And you're telling me that even though you know everything, and I'm not Chris. I'm not even talking about the next game coming out, the next expansion mm-hmm. for it or anything. I'm talking about the base fucking game. It's like you you already know what's going to happen. There are no surprises for you, and you have already done everything. You're telling me you do it? Yes, I would. Yes, I would, because that game is that fucking good. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm, so I'm interested to know if there's a way you can f- uh, find out what music track that is, or or uh, even track down the area. I'd love to know because uh, that's interesting. Do you know was it was it a OG track? Was it a expansion track? Um, or what are we talking? I believe I first heard it in Heaven's Ward. It. I'm trying to remember. It, it's typically it's not a long track. It's not like a full blown song, and you can barely hear mm-hmm. it too, even with you know mm-hmm. in comparison to normal music. But it's that little 
tiny bit of background noise and some of the uh, more uh, sad or, you know, that kind of uh, um, uh, emotion to it uh, cutscene. It'll be just mm-hmm. there, just barely uh, able to be heard in the background, just to give that little bit of ambiance to it. And well, every time I hear don't- it. Yeah, don't break your neck to do it or anything, but next time you're playing, if you come across it, just try to see if you can pinpoint the area or something. I'd, I'd love to, to hear this. I mean, yeah, I can totally uh, go to my stream and, you know, skim through and clip it. Um, if it's loud mm-hmm. enough on the stream, I don't even know. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to it because it may have been so quiet that I heard it on my side. The stream didn't pick it up. Um, yeah. I think my local recordings, though, even if the stream didn't get it, my local recordings should. I can probably find it for you. Um, with no big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, welcome to the Final Fantasy fourteen cast, folks. <laughs> I mean, we definitely could spend this entire episode, and fuck it, we, we just may. We, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we've been topicless for a long time. Sounds like some uh, Greek name I just made up. <laughs> yes, my friend, topicless. This isn't Assassin's Creed. The... the <laughs> This this game is good on several levels, and music is another one. So not only does 14 have a laundry list of original tracks, the reprisals or uh, the, the, the remakes, the uh, love letters to old or uh, classic Final Fantasy tracks, I, I, you love it. Are you a Final Fantasy VI fan? Or are you a Final Fantasy IV fan? You can go there too. Well, here's a, a place you can go, and we'll get to the visuals in a moment. But yeah, you will hear music from that game, and it's remastered to a you know uh, symphonic style, so to speak, and it's done very well because it's I mean it's by the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like Final Fantasy VI? Same exact thing. Like going somewhere. And fighting, fighting in like a dungeon, and I mean, uh, I don't know if I want to say spoilers, but I mean, just in case, spoilers for 14 content, uh, when you go to an area and you realize you're fighting the fucking phantom train and you get to hear that music, it's like, what? Like, yeah, this, they, th- it's there. You didn't ask for it. You didn't expect it. It's there. <laughs> and that's all over the place. You know the chocobo music is is there and has been remastered. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so many, so much care, and and nodding to them to them own self is 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 great. Yeah, I'm I'm admittedly a little disappointed in myself after putting all these hours I have recently in it that I didn't you know keep to it. Um, which I don't even know why I stopped playing. It just couldn't hold me. Um, but I mean, I got back into it, and obviously it is, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame. <laughs> I could well, have... Well, I mean, and apparently this this expansion is supposed to be something, I mean, amazing. So, mm-hmm. you know, good thing that you're getting back into it. Yeah, it's it's been one of those things, because I saw that uh, trailer, you know, obviously, uh, but I want to say last year, E3 is when they showed it. Or was it even before that? I think it was last year was when I saw it and it got my attention. And I was like, man, yeah, I want to play now. And I am. Uh, So I was like, okay, I should check it out again. And then when they showed 
they had the fan fest thing and showed blue mage. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to play again. <laughs> and that's yep. when I went and pre-ordered Shadowbringers, even though I still hadn't played at that point in, you know, years. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go pre-order mm-hmm. it because, yeah, how, how do I get my account up to date? What do I need to do? <laughs> um, yep. And having seen that, as I go through the uh, story quest, I'm like, okay, now this part of the trailer makes a little bit more sense. Okay, how... And now I have all these questions, all these questions. I'm like, okay, I, uh, I need to know now. I need the answer. <laughs> I'm invested. Um, even if Stormblood is kind of one of the weaker uh, story quests, at least in comparison to uh, Heaven's Ward. I, I can understand why people say Heaven's Ward is the best uh, out of it. And so far, I'd yeah. probably agree with that. Um, I haven't finished Stormblood yet, so I can't give, you know, a firm uh confirmation on that but right now it's looking that way well it's good man i'm glad i'm glad it drew you back in i'm definitely looking forward to hearing the things that you have to say about what it's been doing especially since i mean again in a way you're so I don't know, fresh to it, mm-hmm. you know, because you're 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 already having moments of wow, that's pretty cool, and now you're about to be bombarded by an entire expansion of new good stuff. Yep. So yeah. Is there anything in particular that you can? Uh, I mean, unless you've already mentioned it, but anything in particular that you have pinpointed in the expansion via, be it either the uh, cinematic trailer or the gameplay trailer. Or anything specific that you have read that's coming to do with any job, class, race, any uh, anything. Like, what are your, what are some of your picks for this? I cannot wait to try this out or see this or whatever. So, not related to the expansion in general, since it's already technically out there. Uh, but like I said, uh, Blue Mage is something that, and we talked about this last week when we were talking about Seven with the you know enemy skill materia. I believe Blue Mage was something in an earlier game. Uh, it was a class in 11, which was awesome. So seeing that, I was like, okay, yeah, I want to be a blue mage. Um, but for mm-hmm. the expansion itself, I'm really curious to see how Dancer plays because it is a DPS. So, mm-hmm. um, which I don't, I don't know how they divide things. I'm trying to think. There's not really melee support. I guess Bard, but Bard's also considered DPS, right? Yeah, yeah, Bard's considered, um, but I mean, it's it's such a support thing. Though. Physical really DPS. Is. I can't yeah. believe that, yeah, yeah. I would make the argument for Red Mage that you guys need to have a fourth class to be just support because <laughs> that's, you know. But, I mean, it's also been a while. It has been a while since I played, and mm-hmm. I think I remember Bard's being pretty pretty slick. So Yeah, I mean, Bard's are good DPS. I'm not... You know, mm-hmm. going to say anything inside, but they also know they buff. You know, I can, yeah. I see the icons appearing next to my name in a group with a bard. I'm like, thank you. Now I do yep. more damage. Um, yep. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's kind of your call of what you decide anyway. The further you go into this game and the more, I guess, balance 
focused your mind becomes. I remember when Samurai was getting announced that it was coming, there was a big to-do about what class it was going to be, either tank or DPS. And I was one of those people, I was rattling the fucking cage, do not make this a tank. I do not want Samurai to be a tank. No, it doesn't. I mean, I suppose you could. Any... Dude, anything could be a tank. If I was surprised Ninja was. Hit points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because in 11, see, it's a quasi-tank. Yeah, see, we'll see. Uh, that's a discussion in and of itself. I always mm-hmm. felt like Nintank <laughs> was something that was there because of, mm-hmm. like, maybe unintended engineering. Like, it just so happened that if you manipulate these things this way, oh, they make one hell of a fucking tank. I don't think ninja was ever initially designed to be a tank it's more like in game or 11 11. yeah and i'm talking Hmm. initial ninja you know it seemed like more like the community got a hold of it and they were like dude you fucking see this shit look look what they could do and it's like dude well just fucking make that a tank there we don't even need tanks as opposed to you know, what they were making it out to be like, oh, Samurai is coming and it may be a tank full stop. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I luckily understand. they made it a DPS, so happy. Yeah. I don't know that I agree with what you're saying about Ninja, but I can see it. But that, that, like you said, that could be its own discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, again, yeah. and I mean, I mean I'm, I'm strictly speaking about the initial release of Ninja. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, okay, let's put it this way. Let's put D&D terms in mind. Would you consider a ninja like a tank in D&D? I mean, I I wouldn't consider a monk a healer just or a ranger a healer just because it has healing hands, you know? But, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand did, what cool, you're saying. Sure. Yeah. But, no. in, um. in any event, uh, it's... And you're a better judge of me for this right now because you're actually in it. Do you do you think that they have a decent? And I'm not talking about balance individually, but across the board. Do you feel like they have a good balance of DPS and healer and tank, or think something's missing? Or I mean, at my level, it certainly feels like it. I think anything they add is just icing on the cake and adding you know variety and options. Um, yeah, because it always sucks to be like, all right, well, you want to be a tank. You have to be a paladin, you know, or mm-hmm. you want to be a tank. You have to be, uh, a, you know, you can't be a warrior, even though warriors can tank type thing. Yeah, uh, that's they are the other tank. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I I haven't. I mean, I'm also not high level player, high tier yet. So I am speaking slightly out of ignorance. But from what I've seen. Yeah. I haven't seen any issue um, other than we need more healers in the queue. <laughs> yeah. And more tanks in the queue. Now, yeah, that's that was something that so that that lets me know that maybe that has changed slightly for the better over time. But that was obviously a, a thing back when I did play is that, man, if you're if you're a tank or a healer, you're fucking in. I mean. Queue up, mm-hmm. give yourself 10 seconds, the match is about to start. DPS, well, fucking sit back, oh, yeah. relax, and wait. Yeah, the other day, uh, uh, your wife jumped on and 
she was like, hey, does anyone need anything? I was like, yeah, I'm queuing for this if you want to jump in. And I'd been queued for, I think, eight minutes at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So we party up and I requeue and it immediately pops with a group. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So frustrating. But yeah, every chance she had where she was like, she was online. I was like, hey, you want to come queue with me for this? <laughs> it didn't mm-hmm. get until there were like two or three story missions that uh, I want to say two story missions. I didn't immediately pop. Um, I think one, she actually switched to uh tank. So it would pop faster because um, the previous mm-hmm. one as healer didn't pop as fast. But every other one, it was like instant. It was so great after having, you know, 20 minute plus uh long queue times you know and that's the other part yeah. of the level cap i hate because okay we'll go do dungeons level well i have to wait 20 minutes now with the trust mm-hmm. system that'll change and i'm curious yeah. i'm curious to see how that will impact the queue times because how many d- are there going to be less healers and tanks now because those people can just go to a dps and have trust tank and stuff and heal or yeah. are yeah, we going to actually point. see fewer DPS because DPS goes screw it. I'm just going to go with trust and not even bother queuing, you know? <laughs> so how will, I could see it impacting it both ways, or maybe it'll balance out because it'll change in both ways. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do really like the trust mechanic, especially after playing it on 11 and it being so convenient. Now the difference is 11. You could do it everywhere um, mm. across, you know, the map, just leveling, grinding mobs outside a city, you could do trust. Um, from everything I've seen in the patch notes, 14 is only in duties. So that's a little disappointing, perhaps. Um, instead of just expanding the companion system or, you know, replacing the uh, companion system, or not replacing, merging is the proper word, merging the companion system into the trust system. So you could have your companion, but also have, you know, X number of trust out in the world helping you out with fates and all these other things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I don't know how long you want to talk about 14. I could sit here and ramble on and on about it. Um, Bruh. It's it, <laughs> it's fine by me, man. It's again, it's really interesting. You're you're at a you're at a middle point right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you are trying to catch up to the content that's already out, which is yep. a fucking megaton as it is, and you are highly anticipating the content that's coming out in literally hours. So mm-hmm. this moment right here is history. Like you're not gonna yep. get this later. You're yep. it's already gonna be out, and you're gonna be in it. So. I mean, main thing I'm looking for is your is 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 gathering your excitement and your mm-hmm. anticipation and you know f- figuring out finding out why not just for me but for the audience as well. Sure. Yeah. Um. And talking about the uh, the quality of life changes, and this would be really great if it was already in. <laughs> for my specific reason with what I was talking about with uh, the level caps. The any new side quest uh, after level 70 or level 70 and up, I get well, I guess it'd be 71 and up. Um, they will uh, adjust to your level, so kind of what they have implemented for beast uh, things where it 
the quest syncs to you, kind of the opposite of level sync, where you sync down to the content. The content syncs up or up or down to you so that you can mm-hmm. do these side quests and get the maximum number of XP. Whereas yes. now it's like, okay, well, the level 61 quest gives me 100,000. The level 62 quest gives me 120,000. But there are only so many of those, you know, 120,000 experience things. By the way, I need 9 million experience to level. Let's do some <laughs> math. 100,000, that's 90 quests I have to do. Yep. That is ridiculous. That is bonkers. But now, you know, like level 66 quests, it's like, oh, uh, the story quests are like 200 and something thousand experience. Whereas, you know, side quests are half that. Typically half is the value you can expect in relation to that level of story content. So for them to add this sync in, okay, leveling. I'm really curious to see how much faster this makes going from 70 to 80 with the story content and just doing some of the, you know, side quests. Theoretically, it should have it. It should have the time it takes to quest your way there um, based on the rough math of, you know, how the current experience scales, which half, if it takes me 50% of the time, that's, that's a lot of, uh, save time. And a lot of time I would have yeah. saved already. Um, cause I, I've been kind of afraid to actually go and look at how many hours I put into the game since coming back. Um, I do know I've done <laughs> over 200 quests, 200 main story quests. So that doesn't wow. even count side quests in the last, you know, I don't even want to think how long it's been. Two weeks, two and a half weeks. <laughs> don't know when I hopped mm. back in, but I know I was level, I was level 30, 38, 36 with my ninja mm. at the time. So I'm now, what I say, 67. So yep. that's a lot of questing. That's a lot of dungeons. That's a lot of yes, everything. Um, and to save 50% of those side quests, I'd be caught up. I just, I would be flat out caught up at this point. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, but you know, at least they're adding it. Uh, it won't be retroactive. Uh, it doesn't say anything about that. Um, so maybe in the future, that's something they will consider doing. Um, but you know, one thing at a time, implement the system at these levels, see how uh, how it works out. If they need to adjust it, get that sweet spot for the current content or maybe even, you know, the next set of quests, something like that, and then go back and retroactively do it so that it eases that uh, level cap burden. Yeah. Um, as I just... I just went blank. Um, I was going to say something else related to that. Uh, wow. I just, I had my thought. I looked over, saw GDQ on my screen, and <laughs> my mind just went blank. Um, I mean, you might as well loop a little bit of GDQ in your week sure. anyway, because I know you've been watching it. <laughs> I, I've been watching surprisingly little. GDQ. Um, and I talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit when it was announced and when we saw the games list. There are sure yeah, some yeah. games like right this minute is the Grand Pooh World 2 uh, any percent good inning run 
And I mean, I love that uh, ROM hack and, you know, uh, Barb, uh, Barbarous King, the creator, he's on the couch. I can't hear his commentary because I'm, you know, recording, so I have it muted. Uh, but um, earlier was the blind Kaizo Super Mario World uh, relay race. That was awesome. That was one of probably the best race I've seen at a GDQ. Um, mm-hmm. And then they did the uh, uh, Mario Brothers 3 race at right after that yep the, they're in the middle of the mario yeah. block <laughs> so this is the block i was yeah, looking I, forward to chris sent me a message while i was at work he's like hey it's going on right now and i was like i'm at work ah, I watch yep. it. bust out the phone oh <laughs> I'll, I'll get to watch it though it's totally yeah. fine this is gonna be this unfortunately uh because i've got so much stuff going on this week i haven't actually physically been able to watch it uh, period at all yet uh this is i'm not lucky like i was last year year before when i got to take a whole week off to watch it mm-hmm. but um, i'm gonna play catch up it will probably be after gdq is done uh, i'm gonna go through and just cherry pick all the ones i want to watch and start watching it but i am rooting gdq from you know my my chair Right now, I'm just throwing them up. Yay, keep going, guys. I'm happy for you. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. I fucking love GDQ. But I just, I'm not in the moment. I have to play catch up. Yeah. I uh, I was, and I don't know why I was surprised about this, but the incentive bonus for the Mario Brothers 3 race, that was a bonus. That wasn't part of the original thing. Um, but the goal for that was $125,000. I'm like, are you guys wow. serious? This is... This that's a huge chunk, even in GDQ yes. terms. And when they started the uh, uh, the Kaizo race, they were at only like forty thousand out of it. They accomplished wow. like eighty thousand plus in the hour hour fifteen that they were doing the race. Um, that's crazy. I think that just goes to show the how crazy the Kaizo community is, you know? Mm. Um, And not just, I should say Mario community, because this is for the Mario Brothers 3, you know, vanilla, the normal game, uh, all forts race. (laughs) Um, So people like Mario, uh, Grand Pooh World, um, actually Invictus was the next ROM hack they did. And it had a smaller goal, but it was met as well for it to be a hundred percent run instead of any percent. And they're just crushing these Mario goals. I know there's one for yep. super Mario galaxy two, uh, that hasn't been met. And I don't know. I mean, that one's only 36,000. So maybe it will. It's not until later tonight sometime. I think, I think they've still got several hours. Most of the goals, you know, people wait until it's closer to it to donate. Cause it's probably a, something yeah. before they want to try to get the comment in. Yep. Etc. And but. man, when they do, they just start flooding in. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy. The 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 freaking relay rate, the the relay runs and all that shit. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's of course 
duh, it's entertaining because you're watching the relay race. But you'll hear like, we just got another, you know, $5,000 donation from blank. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got a $720. We got a 10,000. It's like, dude, people throw money at this. And it's, it's because it is that entertaining. I legitimately stand by that. It is severely entertaining. Yeah, and I fully expect that relay race and the Mario block in general. I'm going to go back and watch it uh, either tonight or tomorrow, maybe, uh, depending on what else I'm doing. But mm. it's probably going to be the highlight of the GEQ. Uh, one of the yeah. other interesting runs uh, that I just randomly saw because I've had GEQ on, and I'll just kind of look over and be like, all right, this game you know, interests me. Let's unmute. Okay. Maybe not, and I'll remute <laughs> or something like that, or I'll <laughs> sit there and watch it. Uh, one that caught me by surprise was actually a Cluster Truck, um, which is a game where the whole mechanic is you're jumping from truck to truck as they go all over the place in these levels, and you have a goal tape at the end you're trying to reach. Um, hmm. The Cluster Truck run that they had was the no ability percent, which I didn't know there were abilities in the game. I've only seen like the first few levels. So I didn't even know there were abilities, like I said. But <laughs> I watched it and I was like, okay, this is interesting. But then they had really good commentary going on the whole time, which mm-hmm. really funny. Uh, good at some points could be debatable, but overall funny <laughs> commentary. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, I... Totally am cool with watching this because it entertained me. Um, mm-hmm. And the run was interesting as well on a technical level. Um, you know, it's always interesting to see how these guys break the games they're playing. Uh, especially when it's not yeah. like out of bounds, glitch, break. It's just, yeah, this mm-hmm. is the way the game's designed. So we're going to exploit this to do this. Um, I'm much more of a exploit uh watcher than uh glitch if you will um fine line sometimes between the two (laughs) same here but Mm -hmm. yeah um there was one uh game i don't even know which one it was and i'm not gonna call it out anyway but i unmuted and the commentary was so bad i was like i don't know if the game's good or not if this is a good run or not but i'm not listening to this um it's It's unfortunate when you get that, but it's also, you know, a lot of gamers are, uh, uh, at least speedrunners in particular, it's kind of obvious to see, you know, some of them don't have the same social skills as your average person, and some of them don't think about what they say in front of a crowd Mm -hmm. of, you know, tens of thousands. Uh, Let's see, how many people are watching GDQ right now? 125,000, you know, casual 125,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was later at night so i'm sure it was like only a hundred thousand people heard them uh but <laughs> still yeah you gotta think about what you say sometimes and yeah gamers are often awkward can't help it <laughs> yeah you get that i mean even even during some of the runs you'll have the same thing you know you'll have mm-hmm. commentators that you'll have runners that they're they're trying to make some kind of commentary, but they're not doing a great job, or they're not saying anything at all. And their couch, which is full of runners, are just not. Just like mm-hmm. all right, so you 
just running through the wall and uh it's a that's a that's a trick you can do it's like oh <laughs> come on not everybody was born to be a shock jock i get that yeah uh, but yeah I think the bigger hits for me, honestly, Chris, the bigger like, oh, man, I feel I feel is when you see the runs that are happening at like two, three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and there's somebody running a game that you can tell like any any fucking speed runner, unless they're just that gifted, talented for this game. Any speed runner has to put a lot of work into these games. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, maybe if you have an NES game and it's only, you know, six, seven levels, maybe it'd be a lot less intensive than a game that's, I don't know, a super long game. But it's, it takes time. It takes work. It takes dedication to get this level. Now, imagine you're there at GDQ. And yes, I also understand it's for charity. But you're there at GDQ. Your slot's 2.30 in the morning. You show up and you walk through that door and there's like two people in the audience yeah the chairs there's like 400 chairs and two people it's just the it's it's the announcer echoing your name and and, and you're like (laughs) all right so this is uh crash bandicoot uh it's like nope there's like adds insult to injury when the couch is only like one or two people and they are just like so tired they sound so tired they sound so out of it so not in the mood mm-hmm. and it's like, oh man yeah and you, uh, my heart goes out to the to that runner to those that was uh, there in that situation i want to say it's the same person i was talking about that the runner made a comment something to the effect of uh that's what i get for you know playing a not as popular game uh referencing oh, being on super early because this no. is like 6 a.m or something one of the days so yeah it it, while sure i kind of feel bad for them i understand and sympathize it's still also not something that you want to express as you're running it's not appropriate Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's what i mean you got to know sometimes you got to think about what you're saying yeah And I'll tell you that there's also naysayers because there are naysayers for everything. There's so many naysayers when it comes to GDQ as a whole. And I don't know, man. I don't have any receipts in front of me. I don't. I don't have ways to prove aside from from anyone else's word. This is what I know. This is what I care about. This is a community of people dedicated to playing games. Very talented people that are dedicated to playing these games as quickly and efficiently as possible. And they gather together to, to put on a show, whether they do their best run or not. It's always nice mm-hmm. when you do have somebody that's like, yeah, I just got a world record or I just got a PB. Awesome. But they're just there essentially putting on a show and they are raising money by doing that. And that money is going to charity. Mm-hmm. You know, if half the fucking proceeds from this go to the the entire community, I st- I'd be fine with that. But they donate a fuck ton of money to charities. And I'm that's that's awesome. That's awesome to me. I, I yep. love it. I'm happy for that. And it's it's such a good thing, man. It's such a positive thing for the community. Mm-hmm. And. As you expand your speedrunning knowledge, you'll discover that GDQ is not alone. 
Nope. GDQ is one event, two, two or three. I mean, if you count, there's GDQ, ADGQ, sure. uh, SGDQ. There'll be but, Twitch, GDQ at Twitch. Yeah. Con or whatever. Yeah. yeah, there are all sorts of speed running events throughout the year. And it's the same thing, whether it's in a different country or a different venue or what have you. It's the idea is, yeah, we're a bunch of speed runners and we're doing some cool stuff. They may not all be for charity, but they're all mm-hmm. a bunch of people putting on a show. It's, it's, I still love it to this day. Now, I will follow along the Chris. Remember, folks, we've already talked about this uh, at length on a previous episode, but I do get the mentality of once you've seen probably your fourth or fifth GDQ and mm-hmm. you've seen the same game run the fourth or fifth time, unless they greatly shave off time, unless they vastly change the strategy, you're kind of going to see the same stuff. But it's still fun. And, and there's other caveats to that, too. I mean, I don't sit at home and, and watch Twitch speedrunners on a daily basis. So when when SGDQ rolls around and I see Jack and Daxter being run, granted, I've seen Jack and Daxter for the fifth time. That's vastly different than the people that sit home, and I know you're out there, audience, and watch Jack and Daxter being speedrun and worked on every day. You know, so... Th- th- there's also that consideration to take in. Yeah. But I'm one of those because I watch may... the Super Mario ROM hacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you may get lucky and it'd be like, all right, so I know you guys saw Shovel Knight last year. Uh, the world record for this game was is 152. Uh, I've been working on this new strategy. I have I have almost an entirely different route, and I have now shaved this game down to 121. And I'm going for a I'm going for a PB tonight, a world uh, a world record tonight, and you're gonna see some new stuff. Now that that's cool. I'm down with mm-hmm. that. But when you see a game and it's like <laughs> the seventh year in a row, it's the same runner with the same game. Yeah. It's like all right, man. I yeah, okay, okay, come on. These relay races and these blind races and the incentive mm-hmm. races. I, I mean, dude, I'm 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 still a Metroidvania man, and even those, <laughs> I'll watch Super Metroid run again. If anything, yeah. if anything, to to see who who if it's if it's uh, kill, kill the animals or not. I mean, just stuff yeah. like that. They actually had that incentive for Grand Prix World 2 for uh, killing Yoshi or saving him at the end because the end is oh, wow. Metroid Escape. And to simulate uh-huh. the animals, they have a Yoshi at the end that serves no purpose. It is only so you can choose whether or not you want to kill Yoshi or save him. Wow. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that's instead of that's a uh, whatever. Uh, what would that be called? I don't know. You're donating for one or the other. Uh, it could be still just an incentive, you know? Sure. Because, I mean, the general idea of an incentive is, hey, you want to put money toward this to make this happen, you know? Yeah. You're incentivized to donate to make it happen. Yep. That'll work. Words are hard today. I just, yeah, but, I can't dude. think of anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hate talking about work on the podcast, but it's been a mm-hmm. long week, and, I mean, I'm working on week two of five with maybe a day off, maybe two if I'm lucky. Mm. 
and I'm out in the hot ass sun. So I I totally feel you. I'm I'm kind of sapped a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> words are words are like I okay little 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 behind the scenes. There are times where I will leave a podcast recording and go, man, I was really fucking fluent this night or this time. You know, I I feel like shit just flowed and I was really getting it. And tonight I'm like, can't words the right to put together. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? I can yeah. hear myself and thinking, oh, man, what am I even saying right now? I sound like such an asshole. But, uh, all right, man. So Final Fantasy 14 and GDQ, anything else in your week at all, man? Uh, no. Uh, I've been frying my brain, you know, kind of keep that little bit of uh, conversation going. Last night, I was like, all right, game's going down for maintenance before I'm going to wake up in the morning. It's like 5 a.m. my time when it goes down. And doesn't come back up until, you know, Shadowbringers release at 5 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm like, yep. all right. So I, what I want to do is stay up as late as possible, get as far as I can. Man, like 1130 rolled around and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been grinding. I just hit a level cap. I'm running out of dailies to do. I'm just, yeah, there's no way I'm going to get, you know, to 68 tonight so i guess i'm done and it was now, a nice run <laughs> remind remind me uh and i mean info for the audience as well if mm -hmm. anything we can break down a little bit how this stuff works is, is so tonight at midnight is it the entire game that's being released expansion or is it only for early access people uh early access and it's okay. 5 a.m eastern tomorrow morning gotcha so. It's, it's a little bit but odd for I've, release time, too. It's really good for EU, though. Because, see, I thought my I thought my wife said she was going to get up tonight at midnight and download. I guess the downloading can start at midnight, but oh, the maybe. access doesn't start till 5-something. Sure. I think that's when the maybe service is supposed to work. come back up. Yeah. And I early access is going to be, what, about two weeks long? Uh, no, the 2nd. July 2nd is the oh. proper release. So it's only like four days. Only four, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you have the, yeah? Do you have the collector's edition, the standard edition? I, I have digital, so I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I have collectors. I might just have the base, but I don't know. I might have got collectors. That's what I tend to do. I mean, I bought the original 1.0 collectors, so, <laughs> um, and I think yeah. I had Heaven's Word um, collectors, so. I'm horrible, no notes me as usual. And I, don't, I mean, usually, I think it's for the digital ones, especially you get some, maybe an extra mount, maybe an extra mm -hmm. minion, stuff like that. So, yeah, I looked at upgrading <sighs> my Stormblood, Stormblood, yeah, um, to collectors because that you go to your account and it shows you, hey, here's your checkbox where you own this expansion and you own this version of it. And seeing collectors for base, collectors for Heaven's Ward, and then this blank for Stormblood, I was like, hmm. So I hit the upgrade button to see what I got. And it's just a couple mounts and stuff. I'm like, all right, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to pay the, it's only like 15, 25 bucks for a few mounts. I, Brett, uh, I think you've already given Square enough money for uh, collector's edition, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I think you've already uh I think you've already paid your dues in that area. 
Uh, would you be referencing the three hundred and twenty dollar Final Fantasy VII Remake <laughs> Collector's Edition? <laughs> so, so yeah, let's switch gears on that one for just a minute. Okay. So, Final Fantasy VII Remake's coming out next year, April time frame, correct? So 20, March twenty or Mar- March time frame, even March third, I believe. So, March uh, twenty twenty. When w- when do you get the motorcycle? Don't know. I, I think it'll actually be. I think it's all released the same day. I think it's all already mm. part of the package. I don't think it's one of those you'll get the big things separate. I think it's all together. Yeah, that was my next um, question. Is it? Do they? Did you purchase? Did you pre-purchase this? Pre-order this in a store or online? Are you? Is it going to be Square shipped Enix, to you? Yeah. Or are you going to be able to? Uh, you okay. can only get it on the Square Enix site. Ah. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah. So I went and pre-ordered it, um, and it said that, you know, you have the shipping options for pre-orders, but mm-hmm. it also said that you'll get the game on this day, and it was the day of release. So I'm assuming, mm-hmm. regardless of what shipping I picked, because, you know, most places, they understand that if you pre-order a game, you want it the day it releases. I cannot stand places uh, looking at you... Uh, I want to say GameStop. I think they changed it though. And then Nintendo on Amazon recently before they got figure, figured out their little feud. You know, most places are smart to go, okay, players want it on the day it comes out. So yeah, I'm hoping it'll be there that day. If not, looks like I'll be buying a digital edition as well. So, <laughs> which I might still do so I can uh, not worry about my disc. Yep. All right, well, that that's a fucking solid hour and a half week, Chris, and I'm ha- dude, I'm glad too, <laughs> especially with especially with the anticipation of a game coming out in hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's so awesome. Before yep. we shift into my week, uh, totally breaking up the monotony of our our typical uh, formula, let's go okay. over some news, man. All right, um, yeah, go t- by all means, take the show. So, first order of news. Hey, did you know Final Fantasy XIV released some patch notes? Um, <laughs> uh, to, to get away from that, uh, we have some sales stuff. Uh, Steam Summer Sale started. Now, that's not the only news related to that. Um, yes, it started, and it runs until July 9th. So, basically, is it two weeks? Is that two calendar weeks? No, uh, week and a half. Enough. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that is like two days short. Okay. Anyway, that's totally irrelevant. Does not matter. Um, <laughs> it ends July 9th, though. Um, and we talked about this a little bit with the last sale. I'm getting to the point where I own most of the games I would want to buy. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for really, really good sales on the more expensive yep. games to... You know, yep. get them down from $50 to 15 Okay, I'll grab it then. Mm-hmm. I don't want it that bad. I have enough of a backlog. Now it's just, I'll get it when it's cheapest because I don't know when I'll ever play it, but I will yep. eventually. Yep. Um, let, me, let me tell you how my new Steam, uh, since this is like maybe, so if it's, if it's your like, if it's your 75th Steam sale, it's probably my 10th, 15th, something like that. But now... I now go to the bottom of my wish list 
which I have mine sorted by price. Mm-hmm. So the most expensive games, well, well, because it doesn't work that way. There's it's it's whatever's going to be the most expensive, even though it's on sale. Right. And I will pick out one of those. So if I happen to find a game that's sixty five dollars normally, but now it's thirty five, I'll pick one of those, just mm-hmm. one. Then I'll scroll back to the top and add the two dollar one, add the two fifty, add the two fifty, yeah. add the five dollar, add the five dollar, add the nine dollar till I get to what my budget is. But yeah, that's something that I as well am doing. It's it's not for lack of uh, quantity or quality either way. It's just that I already know, I already know if it is a Steam sale, there's going to be ten to fifteen, maybe even twenty smaller price games that I already know I'm going to buy. I'm hunting out. Okay, what is that game that I know is sixty dollars right now, and I can get it for like half off. Because I want to pick one of them. What's the, what's the good sale? What's the good deal? You know. Yeah, I you know I didn't plan it like that, but I kind of did something similar. Um, I earlier I spent seventy dollars after tax on mm-hmm. four games, but they were nine ninety nine, ten nineteen, ten forty nine, and then thirty five dollars. <laughs> um, yeah. The thirty five dollar one was the Kingdom Come uh, Deliverance. Uh, Royal Edition, so it's all the DLC, all the content DLC. Mm-hmm. They have a bigger pack that has all the OST and all that. I don't care. So I got the one that had all the DLC, but that was $35. So that was a steal for me. And then I just picked, you know, some of the cheaper $10 games. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's going on. Again, Not a, it's another sale, um, except... There's this whole thing about the there. So the sales recently, I've had these little. I say recently. I don't know when they actually started. Had these little games associated with them, you know. Um, yeah. And this is the Steam Grand Prix, which is the worst event they have done. Um, <laughs> wow! And really? That's not just my opinion. It's actually so bad with the way they, um, and part of it's wording where you know gamers or consumers i should say in general didn't quite understand so basically the way a lot of the steam events work is you'll be you'll either be divided into or can pick a team and then you know you may get some cosmetic or you know trading card and you know steam card things you know not like money cards like little things that serve no purpose they're little collectors on your profile thing uh, I don't even know what they're called. Don't care. Um, but that's usually the result. You know, you just get some bonus things that don't mean anything. Uh, maybe you'll get discount code for a game, uh, depending on stuff. I don't know. But this time, the winning team, some of the members of that team will randomly get or will randomly be selected to get a game from their wish list. Okay, so now we have a monetary money uh, value attached to the team winning, which in itself is okay. That's pretty cool, except developers are very unhappy because this is causing people to remove every game from their wish list except the one they want to win. <laughs> so hey, smart. I, I do. It. I learned when reading this article earlier that developers have a dashboard that shows how many people have their game on the wish list. 
and it showed it's like sales something and then there's a line for wish list and mm-hmm. it was like a v on the right side where you know sales and stuff were you know up trending up but there was a hard mm-hmm. sharp 45 degree angle of <laughs> wish list position or wish list uh, placements and they're like we don't like this we do not like this oh, one bit um, so well. steam has responded to this and they changed the i don't know if this is how it worked the whole time or if they just uh or if they made the change um, but either way they clarified the verbiage on the thing to say whichever game is at the top of your wish list is the one you will get so you can move up the one you want and keep everything else on there um so it isn't necessary to try to you know rig it to get a certain game mm-hmm. um which I don't know how many people get games. So the odds of getting a game anyway are probably astronomical. Um, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I could not figure out the Grand Prix thing. It is one of the more most complicated, convoluted things they've ever done. <laughs> and yeah. So I, so I spent $70 earlier, right? I see no benefit to that. I see no impact to that. I see nothing on the event that shows my contribution. And I joined a team like two days ago when it was uh, when it first started. I I don't know where my points went. I guess they they didn't do anything, nothing. Um, and that was another complaint in the article. You know, on top of the whole developer reaction was it just doesn't work or doesn't seem to work. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. And I only spent $70. There are people that spent, you know, $150, $200 and trying to get this, you know, points for their teams so they can potentially get a free game on top of the games they're buying anyway. And yeah, yeah, like I said, this has got to be one of the worst. Um, and it's interesting because normally, normally it is uh, only only uh purchases that matter but now they have like steam achievements matter so you go play this game and you'll get points or you just do something it doesn't even have to be an achievement like stardew valley go catch a fish will give you some points okay that's gonna take me like 30 seconds to knock out like six of the stardew valley ones do i have to get Mm -hmm. an achievement or can i just do it in the game i don't even know I didn't even have that question until just now talking about and thinking about it because I wasn't going to go play Stardew Valley. I have Final Fantasy XIV to play. Are you crazy? Um, I don't know. But yeah, it's a mess. Um, and I hope they learn from this. And the next one, they mm-hmm. tone it back a little bit and figure it out. Uh, the other sale, not started yet, but I got an email and then saw it on the website, but Amazon is having their prime day again, where they have a ton of stuff on sale, um, which I didn't get a whole lot of stuff last year, but I did get a couple things um, like another uh, 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 USB charger for like phones and, you know, stuff that uses USB to charge, which is great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Even around the house just to have, if you're not next to an outlet or something, you know, um, but then also really mm-hmm. good on travel. Uh, I'll be 
taking mine for sure. And I like Thanksgiving. It's a lifesaver. I can use it to even charge. I think the uh, the switch would charge off of it if I needed to, but the switch lasts forever, so that's not really an issue. Um, but yeah, so I, I usually use uh, the Prime Day stuff for electronics. See what pops on that I didn't know I wanted or needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that is uh, July 15th and 16th. Uh, I think it's prime day, but it's over two days because it's like noon to noon or something like that. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's actually two days or if it's just 24 hours spread across the two days. Don't know, but I'll be keeping an eye on that. And I encourage anyone else with prime to uh, do the same because they they have a lot of stuff, especially if you're like you get their uh, anything on their lightning deals. Now they have, you know, daily because mm-hmm. um, it's like yep. that on crack. So, yeah, I still recommend to people just in general, man, get Amazon Prime. It's, yeah. So I, I had this conversation uh, a few months ago with a co-worker. Uh, we were talking about uh, a bunch of us were talking about Amazon Prime, and uh, we may mention that you know the 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 uh, the uh, subscription fee for it went up. It used to be a hundred bucks. Now it's like 120, 130, something like that. Right. And I think the person we were talking with had Prime back in the day, and they let it you know lapse over. They don't mm-hmm. have it anymore, and they were like, "I'm thinking about getting back into it." And we brought that up. They're like, "Whoa, whoa!" Well, now I'm way out of the picture. It's like, "Whoa, what? The, what do you mean?" They're like, "Yeah, it's 130 bucks." I'm just if that's the one. Yeah, there's no way. And I'm like, uh, "Are you serious? It's free, two day shipping." I mean. You've got to be. I mean, do you not do a lot of shopping? I could see if you don't do a a you know moderate amount of shopping mm-hmm. on Amazon. I can give. I I can understand that, but I mean, I can go back in the history of of my Amazon shopping, <laughs> and I apparently shop at least once, if not twice, a week. And it could be one item. You know, it could be four or five items, but. It does not. It's it's simple calculus. You start adding up all these items and you click that button that says two day shipping. You add that up over time. You're going to pay for that $120, $130 in no time. No time. And it's great. I mean, there's there's so many benefits. And I am the simple loser casual for Amazon that does not use all the other benefits right. that Prime offers you. There's 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 Prime Video, Prime Music, Prime Books, eBooks. Um, uh, there may be a game mm-hmm. thing too. For all I know, I, I I don't know. All that me and my wife use Prime for is to buy shit and have free two day shipping, so and it takes no time, no the- time at all for my subscription to to just oh it's oh it's good it's paid for itself yeah. The uh, I know one of the gaming things is if you order a physical copy of a game off Amazon, they will give you a discount on it if you have Prime. Nice. So if you still buy physical nice. games, there you go. I want to say it's like 10% or it might be a flat value. I don't even know anymore because I buy digitally, so I don't get that discount most of the time. Uh, but I still like seeing it there when I go to buy it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a good deal. Too bad I'm not buying yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so yeah. weird yeah this 
this episode sponsored by Amazon Prime. No, no, we're totally <laughs> not. But I, I have no problem uh, shilling out to, for Amazon Prime. Yeah. It is worth it. It has always been worth it. And to this day, it's still paying itself out. It yeah. is still uh, crazy when I do... I would say nine out of ten items that me and my wife search for, we find prime. And mm-hmm. it's so crazy finding items that aren't prime and being like, man, why is why did this thing take five days to get here? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. This was one that wasn't prime. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we are so used to that now that when shit comes in at a, a normal pace, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at my Amazon account. And I was like, you know, I don't order that much. stuff. I haven't ordered that much stuff recently off Amazon. Um, let's see, it's June 27th. So halfway through 2019, mm. I have 39 orders. Yep. Now, some of them are digital, but 39 orders. That's still... Yeah, I mean, it would take it would take, and again, I get it. It's subjective. It's per person, mm-hmm. per household, whatever. It would probably everyone's different, but yeah, it 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 does not take us long at all. I, I happily pay my hundred and twenty or hundred. Let me see if I can work it out. Currently, uh, I wanted to bounce back just a little bit for okay. uh to Steam, uh. And I, I actually forget why. Uh, damn. I think I was going to talk. I think I was going to praise the Steam sale. I honestly forget what it was I was going to mention about Steam. About the Steam <laughs> sale. Crap. Oh, well. Steam sale is awesome, too. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's I will admit my greed takes over, but I've gotten better about it now. Now it's I'm since my library of Steam games is so extensive and, and growing. Now I'm trying my best to go, OK, I do want that game. I'll wait. Oh, it's only nine bucks. Yeah, but give it a <laughs> month or so and it might be like two. And I mean, OK. It gets to the point, even with, I mean, this isn't just Steam either. I mean, this is regular games. It's like, okay, I could go to this game store and buy this game right now. Am I going to take this game home and start playing it tonight? Or do I want it just because I want to get it and have it? You know, this is general practice for any gamer. I mean, getting that will save you in the long run. You know, it's it's if you've got the money and you want to go buy seven games at one time, brand spanking new, hey, go for it. It's your money. Do what you want. But are you really going to play all those? You know, imagine if you bought Dragon Quest Eleven and Breath of the Wild and then like Persona 5 and, and five other games. I mean, that's great. You bought them all brand new and you spent 65 bucks on every single one of them. Breath of the Wild alone, you're going to dump 100 or so hours into. And Persona. I mean, it, so it's going to be a while before you get around to those other games. You could have waited. That's kind of where my mentality goes when I mm-hmm. when I see games on Steam. I'll put it on the list and go, okay, I really want that game. Okay, that's fine. It's fine to really want that game. But if I buy it at this price right now am i going to drop everything and start playing it well no not really okay then wait because Mm -hmm. in a month or so it's gonna be way down (laughs) yeah that's only about the few i did because i've been watching like kingdom come was the one i talked about i've been watching it fluctuate and i don't think it's going to get any lower for a long time so i might as well grab it now it's probably i wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get any better 
other than, you know, maybe the pack with DLC has another DLC, but I think they're done with the game. So actually yeah. the next bigger or the next thing that would cause a bigger discount would be a sequel. And then they sell a pack that has both, you know, that'd be kind of the mm-hmm. next uh, savings, if you will. And, you know, I don't know if I want the sequel until I play the first one. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. which it wouldn't be the first time I bought a pack just so I could have the whole series and play the game from the start um, and then haven't yep. touched any of them yet. But that's not the point. Um, yeah, I, I totally understand waiting and I'm I'm trying to do that as well. Like, you know, I have 23 other games on my wish list and I'll wait. <laughs> uh, so before we jump to the next news topic, I just want to okay. throw this personal well actually out there. Yeah, so it's, uh, Amazon Prime membership currently is $119 a year or you can get a student membership of $59 a year. Uh, but if you go month by month, you pay thirteen dollars or six forty nine a month for students. Mm-hmm. And again, one hundred twenty bucks—that's what we pay annually. Yeah, no problem because we make that up in no time. Yep. All I have to do is start looking at that price for for two day shipping, and it it's done. It's it's so simple, so easy to to just yeah. blow this cost out of my mind. I looked and last year I had just over a hundred orders on Amazon. If each one yeah. of those was a dollar shipping, I mm-hmm. almost would have caught up. If it was only a dollar, but let's be real, shipping, especially two days, is going to be at five to ten dollars on each of those. Yep. That's five hundred that, to a thousand dollars in shipping. That alone. is a little algorithm that that Amazon could adopt. Is like, hey, here is your 2018 spending statement. We calculated all the two-day shipping for you for every individual item per your records. This is what you would have spent. $573. Mm-hmm. You spent 119. Yep. <laughs> so, ah, awesome. All right, what's up? what else is on the on the news docket? All right. I'll hold off on the other uh, 14 thing. Uh, wait, did I have something else? Well, I think I didn't put it in Discord. Let me check my tabs real quick. Uh, uh, nope, Steam. Uh, there's this funny thing going on right now. I say funny. It's not a funny ha-ha thing. Um, and it's kind of funny. Wow, okay. Let me Let me cut that because that sounds like I'm making a pun. <laughs> No, no, I'm not cutting it. I refuse. Uh, I, I didn't mean literally cut it, but um, so uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, hence no, why no, I said I cut, cut that it. because, yeah. Um, but Greg Miller from Kind of Funny has been currently banned from E3 2020. Um, wow. Based on them uh, saying he gave his badge to someone else to use, uh, which. For those that don't know, Greg Miller is the uh, guy that makes a lot of comments about him being fat and takes off his shirt a lot, um, so you can watch him jiggle around, uh, hosts a lot of events, uh, E3 being one of them, uh, being on stage. You, once you see him, you, you know who I'm talking about, Greg Miller. Um, mm-hmm. He was the uh, main host for EA's uh, EA Play, whatever they did, whatever it's called that day, uh, Saturday for E3. He was the main host for that. Um, but apparently they're accusing him of this and he 
it's been a whole Twitter thing. He brought it up on their daily sh- news show for gaming. And uh, basically what it looks like is someone either in a screen capture or, you know, in some photo of Greg with his badge on took it and made a copy and was use- trying to use it. And it got confiscated by security. Now, with Greg Miller being a host, he has to have his badge to get into a lot of these areas. And he was Mm -hmm. hosting stuff to literally like the last minute of E3. So he doesn't know when they confiscate at this point. Um, But obviously, I say obviously, based on what we know, it looks to obviously be just someone trying to counterfeit his badge and not something he did. Um, And he generally the consensus in the community is that if he did it, he would have owned up to it. Um, but this is a seems to be a genuine mistake on the mm-hmm. uh, E3 E3 side. Um, so it's just something to a little interesting little piece of news um, going on. <laughs> the funnier funniest part of this is uh, ESA is the organization that you know runs E3. But mm-hmm. their Twitter handle is like the ESA. And he accidentally tweeted ESA, which is the European Space Agency. <laughs> so he had to go back <laughs> and correct them. And the ESA actually responded to one of the tweets like uh, where the person said the ESA is going to be so confused. And they responded with the uh, thinking emoji. Uh, so <laughs> really funny there. Uh, handles matter. <laughs> make sure you're tweeting wow. at the right people uh, yep oh it looks like they already fixed it great cool as of an hour and a half or so ago cool wow um so i can that news is no longer news all right all right so, all right. so i'm cutting I'm cutting this whole thing okay. <laughs> so let's talk about some more final fantasy 14 stuff um yes so apparently Sony has announced a live-action Final Fantasy XIV TV series. Yeah, I saw this in Discord again. I was at work, so I couldn't read the article, but immediately drew back mm-hmm. and I kind of like, uh, really? And it's the same. Uh, Sony is partnering. Sony has their own, you know, television stuff. Uh, studio, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what it entails. But they're partnering with Hive Mind Entertainment, which I've never heard that name before. But the important note here is they are behind Netflix's adaptation of The Witcher and Amazon's The Expanse, which mm-hmm. I know what The Witcher is. I don't know what The Expanse is, but I I need to look into that to see what it actually is, if it's any good. Um, but the whole Witcher thing, you know, <laughs> that's its own conversation. Yeah. So they're seeming to get more involved in gaming, I think is the basic way to put it, you know, gaming adaptations. Um, that's a, anyway, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, it seems interesting and, uh, there are, um, the, the thing to keep, I mean, I guess the high points 
is the best way to put it, are it's based in, like I said, it's the 14 series. So it's based in Eorzea. Vanadil. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I, I use almost all the 11 terms for 14 stuff, even though I know it's wrong, because forget <laughs> learning all new terms for basically the same thing, all right? They're cat oh, dude, people, yeah, they're right. Mithra. I'm not they're learning Mithra. a new game. Ah! They're Elven, not Elizin, I guess. I think is Elizin, right? 14, Elizin for Elven. Anyway, don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're Mithra. Fight me. Um, but yeah, so it's in Eorzea, and it takes place, don't know when in time, but it's unrelated to the game story. In any way, as far as this says. So, it's a uh, independent, original story set in the world. Um, mm. And it will explore the struggle between magic and technology in a quest to bring peace to a land and conflict. Okay. Is this... So, this sounds like maybe Magitech origin type stuff. Because that seems like the biggest merge between the two. I mean, is Magitech magical? I mean, it's it's part of the name. I don't know if that's yeah, actually relevant. but Yeah, I mean, the Magitech armor, which is the main go-to for Magitech stuff in general, is somebody riding in a bipedal robot mm-hmm. that can shoot magical beams. So, yes, magical properties okay. are involved. Great explanation. I feel educated. Um, yeah, so that that seems like a logical point for me. You know, could we see the early part of the Empire? Or, you know, even if it's not the early part of the Empire, when the Empire became so engrossed in Magitech? Don't know. Well, I gotta tell you. <laughs> gotta tell you my hesitation. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, so this would be interesting on a couple fronts. I mean, this would be mm-hmm. a Final Fantasy something, live action something. That is new for, I mean, for my memory anyway, because Advent Children was CG, Spirits Within was CG. Yeah. Um, the Final Fantasy fifteen movie was CG. So it being live action, okay, that's new, and has a, a potential for going wrong. And then if if I take that aside and go, okay, just be open-minded, try something new. If you are going into the Magitech world, if you are traipsing across the lines of Final Fantasy VI, now I got hard breaks on. Like, whoa, back, back up here. If you want to do anything, make a fucking Final Fantasy VI miniseries. And if you want to do that, don't make it live action. And if you want to make it in general, mm-hmm. like, there's just... That's that's too precious to me. I can't I can't get past that. You know, I'm already making leaps about this Witcher series, Final Fantasy six esque, Final Fantasy seven or six esque things. Uh, no, I I can't. That's it's too close to the chest for me. Yeah, it's live action is such a risky thing. Um, I want to say the only one recently that I really have faith in 
would be Halo. But that's more realistic, you know? Military's military, space is space in the broad sense, you know, uh, when it comes to technology and appearance, or appearance of technology is what I meant to say. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you send out Marines and BDUs and uh, all that, and that's pretty typical. You know, you only have to worry about the Spartan side of things, uh, which, again, isn't super out there you know if you really look at the armor it's uh, on surface level <laughs> if we're not talking about lore and you know how the suits actually work on the surface level to make something that looked realistic not not terribly out there you know yeah not it's, far-fetched at all so that that kind of makes it easier to transition into a live action scenario final fantasy we're talking magic of all sorts. <laughs> yep. Um, other races, which that's that's kind of I don't know if that's necessarily as hard these days. They, you know, looking at something like Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously, and that's obviously probably much higher budget <laughs> than this would get, depending how much Sony wants to put into it. But still, that's that was pretty good, you know, on all fronts, whether it was. Uh, Rocket Raccoon or uh, Drax, which wasn't a huge change, let's be real. Um, you know, the uh, any of the aliens, they had these distinctive yet, you know, quote unquote, realistic looking appearances. Um, mm-hmm. So that part probably wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, it's, you know, you call it live action, but really how much CG would there be ultimately? <laughs> and Final Fantasy yeah. seems like there'd be a ton of it. And then comes the question, like, all right, are they going to do it well? Yeah, I, you could definitely look at specifically Advent Children and the 15 movie and go, okay, in this setting, in this medium, you guys got it down. I mean, if they said mm-hmm. they were making a Final Fantasy VI movie, I would strongly argue it would have to be several movies. That's why I would say a, a series. And when I say series, I mean Game of Thrones, like hour long episodes across maybe three or four seasons worth mini series. Mm-hmm. If they did that in a CG format, I would say, OK. And then I would, of course, like to think and hope until, and I won't know until I watch the first couple episodes that they are treating that with a severe reverence and attention to detail. But you tell me it's a live action thing. This I, I'm, I'm kind of sort of getting. I mean, please, Pokemon fans, uh, write in and let us know. But I'm kind of sort of getting Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu vibes where while some people praise uh, Detective Pikachu, the movie, mm-hmm. because it the they seem to have done a pretty good job of melding in uh, actual realistic looking Pokemon into the real world. Mm-hmm. The world's idea was, why did you do Detective Pikachu? Why didn't you do like a Pokemon game, you know? Yeah. And that would be kind of what my thought is for this, you know, not not meaning to throw disrespect to Final Fantasy 14, but more like there's other Final Fantasies you could start with. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 14 is a lot of paid. It pays a lot of tributes to other Final Fantasies. Oh, yeah. You know, I so love why would you? Yeah. So why would you go with an amalgamation as opposed to saying, you know, example, making Final Fantasy VII a movie? 
which when you look at the damn CG trailers that we're getting for Final Fantasy VII Remake, <laughs> it practically already is. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's where my my frustration with this comes in is like you guys are look at god of war Mm -hmm. look at god of war the video game look at people that have taken the cutscenes and story scenes from god of war and melded those down into a quote-unquote movie that is not the only game that's one of multiple games in these past say two maybe even three generations where they're blurring the line between video games and cinematics. And it's like, okay, you guys can obviously make this happen. Blizzard, I'm looking right the fuck oh, at yeah. you. I mean, you kind of did it with the Warcraft movie. A little bit corny, a little bit cheesy, a little off the mark. But that it showed that you could do it. So maybe one of the potential solutions to this whole video game movie debacle is maybe... Try to get away from doing the live action thing and stick to CG. I think the big argument behind that is, well, that takes a long fucking time. And I, I, I can understand that. I can totally respect that. You know, it's CG movie is, is not it's easier to crowd a bunch of people into a room in costume and have them do, say, 40 takes. And then that scene is done and you move on. You know, you get three scenes done in one day, and if within seven months your entire movie's shot, whereas in if you're delicately handcrafting every individual frame via CG, you know, graphic design, much longer. At the same time, it looks better. It's 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 almost like you kind of you're kind of a shoe in to get it right. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What what do you think about this Final Fantasy fourteen live action? I mean it's it's risky. Um I I generally speaking try to be optimistic about a lot of these, um, because I want them to be good. <laughs> so mm, I don't want to go in just going, waiting. Well, it's gonna suck. <laughs> um yeah. but I at the same time recognize that we're, you know, not there yet. You know, we still have a ways to go with uh, a video game to, you know, television slash movies and whether it's live action or CG, you know, CG itself isn't always good. You know, we're, we're getting there. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realizing it probably won't be that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, mean, I hope it's it not, is. It's not. It's not their fault, you know. We just we happen to have a lineage to look back on of video game movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so much video game shows, but yeah, this is yeah. this is a medium that still is not. We don't have the renaissance yet. If so, Final Fantasy fourteen live action show is is the first of the renaissance, well, hey, we got lucky. <laughs> but here's yeah. here's one of the hopes. Okay. Final Fantasy XIV right now has exploded. A lot of people, just like me, coming back to the game going, wow, yeah, this is really good, and keeping playing, mm-hmm. and the they keep touting that they have the most subscribers, unique sub- subscribers, 
that they have ever had and it just continues to climb. And it's not Mm -hmm. an insignificant number. I don't have it in front of me, but it is big numbers. And I can fully see them throwing this money because 14s, if it's going to continue being a cash cow, seeing this as an investment and going, hey, you're going to make this movie and we're going to give you millions of dollars, you know, however much you need to make this awesome because we do not want to besmirch the Final Fantasy XIV image that we have worked so hard since, you know, 1.0 to Realm Reborn on forward. We've worked so hard. We do not want to screw this up. So we're going to throw money mm-hmm. at you until you do it right. <laughs> or say you do it right, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, maybe they're going to take that approach. That'd be really good. That would be encouraging to know that if we had any sort of insight like that. Um, but it's one of the things just keep your eyes on, you know? Yeah. And see what they release and what information we get over time. I think what we, another thing that we, that we need and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this game, this, this TV show will have this approach and we just don't know because we're not behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. I use and, and give me a little bit of slack here, audience. Uh, I realize I'm, I'm kind of romanticizing a bit here, but <laughs> from, from what I've gathered from uh, my readings, my viewings, my discussions about cyberpunk 2077 is mm-hmm. that the creator of that uh, tabletop game is in the mix of that game. Uh, maybe not so much to, I'm not saying that they need to be an overlord about it, but that's that maybe sometimes that's kind of needed where I've heard tales of, you know, they designed uh, this thing, a combat system, a gun, whatever. And he was like, all right, I want you to design the gun, go. And they do it. And they bring him back to him and he looks at him and goes, this is not what my vision is. This is not what the game that I created was about. This is not what I'm going for. Scrap it and get it right. And they come back and he goes, that's what I'm talking about. That's what the spirit is. Maybe in that regard, Mm -hmm. maybe that's what these video game movies need or TV shows. You know, you need the people there. For example, let's say... Language barriers aside, don't even give me that shit. We have translators. <laughs> Fuck off. Let's say that they decided to make another Mario movie. Whoa, whoa, hold on before you run. Don't stop the podcast. <laughs> Let's say that you made it CG. Hell, make it fucking cartoon hand animated. I do not give a fuck. But you don't make it live action. You make mm. it CG or make it animated. And then... Okay, Mario is a hard case to go with because Mario kind of has a pretty cut and dry story. Princess mm-hmm. is missing, go rescue, end of day. There are a couple Mario games that kind of have a, a little bit of story to it, a little bit. Uh, so maybe Mario itself is not a good one to go for. What about, say... Zelda? Zelda. There you go. So when you decide that you're going to make a Zelda game, uh, silent protagonist right off the bat. And the Hollywood, big Hollywood goes, no, no, we can't have, we got to have, excuse me, princess. 
uh, yeah, so they just they go off and they haul off and write this script and everything. And he walks in and he sees the script, and the first four lines are like Link talking, and he just fucking pulls out a match and just burns <laughs> it. And says, no, no, yeah, this is not what we do. Link has no dialogue. Well, well, how are we going to sell to? I don't give a fuck who you sell it to. And I mean, this could be carried across the realm. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be a, for a God of War movie. It could be for a fucking Devil May Cry movie. You pick I a mean, game that has a story. Have the director slash writer slash producer come in and just go, no, this is wrong. This is not what this game is about. This is not what the story was about. What? Why are you doing it this way? Go back to the board and do put this. And they, he shows them the game. Says put this on the big screen. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's look at Game of Thrones. It's a very good recent example. You know, they had book content up to a certain point, and I don't know how much you know George R. R. Martin was involved in the overall production. It seemed to be less and less over time. If I'm going to be real here, um, mm-hmm. especially after the book content, it's like, yeah, y'all do what you want. This is kind of how it's going to end. So whatever you want to do, if he had had more hands on, <laughs> then we may not have had the debacle debacle that the last uh, season was, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of the same mentality. If the yeah. source, if the author, if whatever you want to call the person, you know, whether it's a game, a book, etc. If they say, no, this is wrong, that alone would just make such a big difference in the end result. Yes. Instead of going, yeah, I want my paycheck, so you do what you want as long as I get my money in the end. Yeah. You know, have some passion. Because it's, it's, I don't, it's so hard for people to make this drastic mental leap over this it's such a small gap but they want to make they make it out to be such a huge leap where again using cyberpunk as a perfect example mm-hmm. the the creator of that game in and in and of himself and with his creation he is an artist think of it think of him as an artist he painted that game the uh, that tabletop game the way his vision thought of it okay now all art all of that stuff is subjective. There's no there's no rule out there saying because they poured their heart and soul into it that they're gonna that they would push that in front of Chris and Chris would love it. Like he it's still subjective. He may not like it. But the point is that was his game. That was his mm-hmm. vision. He wasn't trying to sell to the lowest common denominator or the largest denominator. He wasn't trying to p- appeal to the mass markets. He said, I made this from start to finish this way. Now, translate this into a video game. And they they like they add these weapon schematics and they add this and and they this is how we're doing the combat and this is what the music will sound like and this is blah 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 and he goes, No, this is not my vision. It's so hard for people to want to make that leap because they feel like, well, what if I don't like your vision? That's fine. That's fine if you don't have if you don't like their vision. And it's they're not saying that I demand you take this as my vision because my vision is superior to what you would write. The idea is you that I have a strong dedicated fan base that is used to ABC. 
I'm not going to let them just make XYZ because XYZ makes more money. That mentality is what needs to be carried over into movies. You know, we, we as the gamers are the people, we are essentially the tabletop uh, cyberpunk fans. Mm-hmm. We're saying, whoa, we don't like this movie at all because this is not, this is nothing like what we interpret as the spirit or the vision of that game because we've played it. You know, we're aware, we are the in the know. If you don't believe us, ask the fucking people who created the, the game. You know, they'll tell you. So, I mean, if they won't listen to us, it's it's kind of hard to listen to us because we're the aftermath. We sure. we get the we get the product. They should have the people right there, you know. And I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with them cracking a the whip if they have to. The idea is this needs to stay in the spirit of what I made it or what we made it. You know. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they this would be so stupid. I I don't even know if I should use this as as, a, as an example, but imagine if in 2023 they made a God of War movie. And they, they, they tout that it's a God of War movie based off of uh, the, the, 2000, the hit 2018 video game. But they changed it all to like Greek, I mean, uh, like, like uh, I don't know, Roman mythology. Who knows? And it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. Or they try to set it in the future. So like, there's just so many things that you, it would, you're almost today not surprised by the bullshit that these companies will will play on you uh it would be a much better idea to have that fucking team sony santa monica there going <laughs> you're gonna make god of war into a movie sit down for a minute <laughs> for one we've already done most of the work for you yeah but second this is how it's gonna be done why are you giving kratos a sword he doesn't have a sword he has an axe well the demographics i don't give a fuck about the demographic <laughs> you know why does kratos now have like a freaking top knot braid down the center of his head well the de- I, I don't care you're not gonna change this this is what needs to be portrayed to the screen. Portray it to the screen. Come back when you get it right. Oh, man. Welcome to fucking video game movie tirade. I'm telling you, Chris, you can yes. wind me up on this subject and I will go. I'm the fucking chattering monkey with the with the symbols, man. I will go all day. You know who I could see being uh, Kratos? Hmm. Travis Willingham. Yes. You know the Critical Role intro where he's, look, he, you know, has the uh, grog, uh, mm-hmm. I'd say outfit, but it's mostly makeup type stuff. But when he's uh, made to look like grog, yep. that's not a big transition over to uh, Kratos. Yeah. And he he has. The, and he. Thank God. Yeah. He has the voice. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, man. Call I want me, that now. <laughs> dude, you can call it shallow if you want to. I don't when you're trying to match these things, you need to match them full stop. Mm-hmm. And there is a severe intimidation to the voice of this new Kratos. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a, you know a fucking Justin Timberlake do the voice. <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry. Uh Vin Diesel, sure, he's got a deep voice. He could probably pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, okay, Jason Momoa, I could probably see him 
as Kratos. Mm. He could probably fit the bill if you shave the head and give him the beard and give the white skin. And the, I could see him pulling it off. But the voice, I mean, it's 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 a part of him. That is a part of Kratos. Kratos oh, yeah. doesn't go, boy. He boy. It's ah, yeah. There's attention to detail like that is critical. And I would, it would be so awesome to have the actors in a video game movie to actually be video game voice actors. Uh, like Travis Willingham is a video game voice actor on top of, you know, all the other stuff he does. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. actually know his like IMDb, so I don't know what, you know, non-gaming productions he's been a part of. But, you know, he's Thor in the new Marvel game. He's all these characters that he's played and, you know, D&D stuff he's done. You know, he's obviously very talented and it'd be cool to see him and others like that, you know, transition I say transition, I use the word loosely because most of them are full-blown, you know, TV actors in some way or another. Uh, But to see them be transformed from just that voice we hear while we're playing to the face we see on the screen as well. Yep. So I realize we've 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 bantered on quite a bit about video mm-hmm. game movies. I take I take I take all the blame. That's <laughs> me. This is this will this will be a subject with me until it's you know fucking twenty twenty six and we have had our seventh video game renaissance movie where we are getting movies that are the quality and care of say the MCU. Mm-hmm. We don't have it. We haven't had it yet. Uh I mean, we've got TV shows that uh, I think we brought this up before, but I've heard that uh, uh, Henry Cavill apparently likes the The Witcher series, uh, The Witcher 3 game in particular, maybe. And that's fine. But Henry Cavill didn't doesn't write and direct and produce that show. Someone else does. So what is their vision? is there, is, I can't. I will go on for another two hours about this damn subject. I'm waiting. We'll see. So Just haven't had it yet. Last thing on this subject. Did we talk about Mortal Kombat getting a new movie? No, we didn't. Yes. But that's okay. All right. I, uh, I just pulled it up because I couldn't remember the details. Um, but apparently March 5th, 2021. New Mortal Kombat Holy movie. crap. That's... Um, Mortal Kombat's doing some stuff, man. They Tell started me. pre-production last month. Wow. So, oh, it's already... It's it's actually happening. Yes. Okay. Yep. Right. Well, pre-production technically is still an iffy state. You know, once they start full-blown production, then we can say, all right, it's a full thing. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know... This article doesn't, I don't think, give any details uh, on, you know, what this is kind of based around. Uh, kind of, you know, if it's going to be related. I think this is just a straight up reboot. Sure. what it is. So. I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. And again, with the last few Mortal Kombat games we've had, they can do it. They have shown in their games that they can actually put a, uh, a thorough, decent, good story in. Now, you just got to make it a movie. And again, mm-hmm. with Mortal Kombat, I mean, even speaking of the most recent one, Mortal Kombat 11, there is a story 
uh, a story campaign in that game, you can, and it already has been done multiple times, take the cutscenes and make that into essentially a Mortal Kombat 11 movie. Mm -hmm. Guess what? When you watch that, you are watching a Mortal Kombat movie. So there you go. I mean, it's obvious they can do it. Now they just got to do it on the big screen. Um, man, Mortal Kombat's doing such good stuff lately. Mortal yeah. Kombat 11 itself, dude, having Shang Tsung be a new unlockable character, a new DLC character, but having the model be mm -hmm. the Shang Tsung from the 1990s movie. Yeah. Oh, golden. You, you, you get it. Mortal Kombat. You get it. And I love it. Yep. So. All right. we, we can move on from on movies our, if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to, honestly, because I, but I we have to, out of necessity. So, uh, how was your week? Well, my week, uh, man, this might be a short one for me. I say that, but I think last time I think I just made the mark. Uh, only two games still. Uh, I, I as well. I as well did uh, get into the Steam sale. Um, spent a little bit more money, but that I, who, who the fuck cares, man? This is not. It's not. A, it's not a bragging game. Who spent more money? I did get a good handful of games. Uh, I don't know why I did. I honestly think us recording is what started me doing it. But apparently, I had been. I had been leaving Steam closed. Uh, on my computer constantly. So when the Steam sale popped up and I opened up Steam on my on my computer, I had about uh, thirty nine something games that had to be updated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on top of installing the new games I just bought, so yeah, my Steam was busy for about a good two two and a half days. So yeah. Uh, I don't. I can't think of anything that was like extremely important that I purchased. And I, for just in case I'm gonna fuck up the recording, I'm not gonna open up Steam right now. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, I know an odd game. Uh, I would say for me, it's odd only because I've never played any of these. Never, never talked about them. Uh, I've only heard through uh, word of mouth. Maybe even some YouTube videos that they're good. I did buy God Eater Three. Apparently, these God Eater games are really yeah. fucking good. I thought about buying that one. Yeah, they seem to be very uh, giant boss uh, combat oriented type games. So, yeah, I figured, what the fuck? I think that was my big, uh, bigger purchase. I think that ran me or like 30, 35 bucks or something. So, eh, I'll get around to trying that one out. And who knows? Maybe that'll be really, really good. And I'll go back and play the second and the first. And uh, I didn't do any homework. That was a complete fucking uh, shit out of my ass game to go buy i didn't i don't know if if i need to play those in sequence or what but either way it's on there so you uh, have, on to uh, uh you have discord on your phone right so you can e I yes just, i just pasted in the uh, list of games if you want so i'm not sure if there's anything else oh. you want to reference Oh, sweet. Uh, Darkwood is another one that comes to mind. This I think that was supposed to be a uh, horror-style game. And I, I tell you, after playing... Um, 
Oh, man. Man, I really should have opened up my own Steam because now <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's a sneaking style horror game. There's two of them. Uh, uh, damn it. The, the whistle whistleblower was the DLC for the first one. Maybe that's a uh, uh, Google Google Foos. <laughs> uh, Outlast. Outlast. Thank you. Yep. I'll tell you. I I forget what game it was, but I did mention it on the podcast months ago. I had played Outlast one and two almost back to back, and those games were. I enjoyed both of them, and I'm telling you, I had some genuine. Uh, horror moments in those games very intense moments because there are plenty of times that you're hiding from enemies and you know it's got the it's got the thing where you're you're in a locker or under a desk or behind a wall and somebody is stalking you or trying to find you and you're hiding and running and those games were filled to bursting with that with that mechanic with that uh, game gameplay game style gameplay style in mind and I forget what game I played after. Oh, it was Dishonored, uh, which I know different uh, different tone. I I know that, but there mm-hmm. was so much stealth combined with severe intensity in Outlast One and Two for me that when Dishonored, I was playing through it and tried to to do the stealth, and there was no intensity. I was sure. For lack of a better word, I was bored going through <laughs> it. So uh, I have been off of Outlast for quite some time now, probably a year or more. And uh, I honestly haven't. I, I know that I picked up Dark. I saw Darkwood, either a trailer or somebody playing it or something. And went, I'm interested in that. So I picked that up. I hope that I have backed off of Outlast long enough for this to for me to have a good, genuine impression of this game. But that's one that's been kind of on my list for a while. And I've genuinely been waiting for it to be on a Steam sale uh, to try out. I have recently found a channel, and unfortunately, I've, I've found about 10 or 15 YouTube channels lately, so I can't keep track of them all, but uh, as a side fan of the EDF games, the Earth Defense Force games, mm-hmm. uh, I went... I saw this Earth Defense Force 4.1. Uh, I, f- I really wish I could give the proper credit to the channel that recommended it. But they played through it, and I saw the gameplay, saw the changes, and was interested. So I went ahead and picked up a couple of those. Uh, I finally picked up Into the Breach, which that was uh, I think that was one of the Game of the Year or Game of the Year nominees for last year. Maybe the year before. I've heard good things about uh, CrossCode as well, so I picked it up. So yeah, I got I, I've got a few games in my library to check out in time. Um, maybe soon, who knows? So yeah, on to the games that I was actually playing. So if you paid attention the past few episodes, uh, I've been playing Tales of Destiny, mm-hmm. and I have stopped playing Tales of Destiny. Oh boy! So yeah. Uh, strong start. I was into it. I was enjoying it. I was having fun with it. 
the story was captivating enough. The combat I enjoyed, the puzzle solving in the dungeons, all that stuff was 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 going great. Uh, spoiler, I'll just yeah, spoiler free. I have just become disinterested uh, almost in in the matter of a day's playthrough. Oh, I'll, I'll say at least two to give it proper proper credit, but. Um, I still say try it out. Maybe you'll have a better experience than me. But spoiler for spoilers for Tales of Destiny. So, uh, Chris, remember I said that I was I fought a boss and he kicked my ass quite a few times. Mm-hmm. I actually had to go back and grind. And I knew again. I'm 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 kind of repeating uh, stuff from last episode, but I I could tell that the game was kind of sort of faking you out, making you making it seem as though this is the end of the game. And I I knew it wasn't. So uh, after that point in the game, I want to say maybe the next uh, act or two, stuff started getting a little bit out there. A little bit too much shit being thrown at me at one time. A little bit of the story going kind of, kind of too much shit to keep up with, I guess. And it's such a shame because I feel like this story was going on a pretty straight and narrow. Uh, but it just, I the, the last time I played, I was in this massively long uh, story sequence where I didn't even know who the fuck the character was that we were talking to. I was like, who are you? Why? I don't remember you at all. I don't remember why I'm supposed to care about everything we're talking about. Uh, the the world has expanded at this point. I mean, there's like another, there's like a floating, flying island uh, thing that you're now traveling across, and the the direction that you're supposed to be going, the paths you're supposed to be taking, the the just in general, the direction started to get a little bit convoluted. I didn't understand everything I was supposed to be doing. And again, this is all subjective. I am I am a dumbass. This could, this could be just me. But I actually had to break out a fucking guide for this a couple times. And was like, where the fuck am I supposed to be going? Like, where is this other place that they told me I was supposed to go? I guess I should have wrote this shit down because there's the shit sprawls and the exits and entrances are scattered around this area. And I'm like, where do I have a choice where I'm supposed to go? And I picked the wrong one or I, I don't know. It should just start to get a little bit too out out there for me. I did have one breakout moment as well where I was in this area trying to solve this fucking puzzle and I was running back and forth and back and forth trying to get the clues to figure out this fucking puzzle and come to find out the damn puzzle itself, the solution is unfucking solvable Like, the code of it is written wrong. So... When I look the code up, even the damn guide tells me, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're gonna run, you're gonna run this puzzle. You might as well just look here because you're not gonna be able to figure it out." They, they fucked the game up, and I'm like, "Wow! Imagine if this was 1997 or whatever, and I didn't have the internet accessible. Mm-hmm. Holy shit!" So, uh, yeah. So there was that, and. Oh man, I was on a, I was thinking of something else. Just oh yeah, the uh, icing on the cake for all that is again the thing that I complained about last time, uh, last episode, is that 
I don't mind going through an area that has a lot of puzzles. You know, if you have a castle and your castle is 20 floors high and every every floor has a puzzle and most of those puzzles across the floors interact with each other, yeah, I'm all down for that. I, I'm up for the idea of running all over the place trying to figure this shit out. But when I take, when I fight an enemy and then I take seven steps and fight another enemy and take 15 steps and fight another enemy and take three steps and fight another enemy. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get across this floor to get to the mm-hmm. stairs to get to the next floor. And then you take an you use an item that, that decreases the amount of enemies you run into. And that basically halves everything I just said. I, I still could not find any way to not have random battles, random encounters. And I realized that as a, that as a newer age gamer, baby whiny complaint but there there's got to be i know at least chris can understand there's a there's a frustration point when you're like i'm so close to figuring this out yeah but every time i move i get a fucking random battle the you the random battle starts the fucking motion in the screen happens the people in the field get shown like this is here is another four and a half three to four minutes out of my time thank you let me get back to running around okay i know i need to take this left up here all right i think that door is open let me get that up nope another random battle here's another four minutes i have to sit here it just uh. um and finally the biggest takeaway is that i started to grow disinterested to severely disinterested in the story in general and i wasn't having fun and that's titular for a couple things uh, happening in my life right now. But yeah, I just, I wasn't into it. Uh, the fun of the battles was was being lost. The story, I was like, I'll, let me just fucking get through this and I'll read it and go, yeah, uh-huh. And then I'll just get back to solving this dungeons puzzle. And so I have put that aside. I don't know if I'll ever pick it up again because this makes, I think in my history, about the third time that I've mm-hmm. tried to make my way through this game. Uh, I don't know how much more I have left. I could be at the very end. I don't know. But you got to you gotta grab me. You got to hold me. You got to hook me all the way through game. Uh, you had it good. You had it going good at the beginning for the good shit. Probably 30, 40 hours I was playing you, but it just started tapering off. I think another game that I had this issue with was uh, Wild Arms. Like, Wild Arms, oh man, such a good game at the start. Uh, uh, anime intro aside, the fact of playing across three separate characters and then having their own actions and having those actions take uh, effect of the real world, slowly that story started going way the fuck out there. That's You're fighting monsters and bosses and enemies, and you're like, I have no fucking idea what's going on right now. This, to a, to a lesser degree, also suffered from that, that problem for me. Um, I, I honestly, having said all that again, I, I still recommend it. It could be just my lack of understanding. It could be my memory. Uh, I have had a busy, a very busy couple weeks. So trying to come home and keep up with, you know, the new D and D story and <laughs> the new gameplay, this and the new, uh, 14 different plot twists in this game. I was just, maybe I was just mentally exhausted and just 
couldn't 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 take it. Who knows? But yeah, I put that to the side. I still give it its praises for what it has, especially the graphics and the music. I mean, all that stuff is still good. So the other game that I have been working on still and still being genuinely happy with it is Ukulele. I have gone through the first area and have so so apparently Ukulele they may have already told me this and I just didn't pay strict enough attention to it, but so imagine imagine say Mario 64. So if you have enough stars, you can unlock a new area. Well, Ukulele has the same idea. If you have enough uh, uh, feathers or whatever they're called or pages or whatever, mm -hmm. you can unlock the next area. But they also have another mechanic where or another system where if you pay more uh, afterward, you can basically you can essentially expand the area, which it's it'll be the same area. But a few uh, new areas will be unlocked in that main hub world. So, like, the first area that I was in, I went around and did most, if not all, of the little quests involved. And I was like, alright, I'm ready to move on and go find something else. You know, let me go find the lava area or the ice area, the water area, whatever whatever new area that I'm going to be uh, spending a few more currencies on and then opening up. And it was like, hey, by the way, just to remind you, you can uh, actually stay right here and you can pay some more and unlock expanded areas of this apparently all the areas have expansions so uh, i did unlock it i wandered around for a bit i found a pretty cool what i'm assuming was a dlc character uh guest appearance but uh, i did not do the quest that he asked for or the the uh event i backed out and explored the main hub world a little more uh, found an ice area, opened it up, and started doing some quests and and, and doing it, uh, doing, get, getting uh, rewards in that area, and yeah, I mean it's got uh, this. There's not that much that this game is doing to reinvent the wheel, and I'm happy for that. You know, you're you're unlocking items. Uh, uh well. I don't know about unlocking items, but you are unlocking maneuver uh, abilities. So, like, I believe you unlock a roll ability, you'll unlock a ground pound ability, and a high jump ability. And, of course, as you g gain these, they get you access to more, to other areas in the main hub world, thereby allowing you access to new worlds and periods. So, yeah, it's a general progression system in that in that that mindset and then in the areas themselves there are a ton of collectibles and I'm, I'm i'm all about that i'm all about everything this game has to offer me fun fun fact there is a there is an npc named vendy she's a, a basically like a anthropomorphized vending machine and if you pay her money she grants you what i i would I would say maybe are cheats. I equate them more to like GoldenEye 64 cheats, where it's like not always out there to give you unlimited ammo or something, even though something like that may exist. But they have other options as well that you can unlock just for fun. For example, GoldenEye 64 has a paintball mode. You click that on, doesn't do really anything for you tactfully, uh, tactically, but it's fun to have as a, you know, 
as a as a as a as an unlockable. Uh, this game has a, a Nintendo 64 filter unlockable, and I don't know if it's the version of the game that I got. Let maybe this game already had DLC and I purchased it. I don't know, but that option was available, and I clicked it on, and yeah pretty pretty fucking to the nose N64 <laughs> filter was applied I felt like I could have genuinely played the game that way with nice. that filter on it was that that well done but I went ahead and took it off because uh, I mean honestly the game looks really good just in its standard mode and I mean yeah this game tickles an itch for me period I mean this is a 3D platformer game and yeah I'm having fun uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be working on next. I still have my, I'm still trying my best to keep this a backlog a year. I do have some steam games that I just purchased. So who knows? I genuinely feel that right now I'm, I'm in the mood to get some, uh, Banjo Kazooie game time in <laughs> and yeah, you know, with the fact of me putting down an uh, an, an RPG, a fairly lengthy RPG as well, it's uh, probably going to be what I'll be playing for a while. And I haven't. I mean, that's. I think that's pretty much it for my week, man. I haven't. You know, no TV shows, no anime, no movies, none of that stuff. Um, you know what? I do want to mention this. Let me go look this date up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the next Spider-Man movie, Chris, mm-hmm. um, uh, far from home, far from home, um, Modern, you have to Google comes that out, one. comes out next month. Uh, ju- wow. Days away. July the 2nd. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I actually have tickets purchased for this already and, um, yeah, we'll be going to see this in theaters. This is going to be my next uh, theater movie theater experience. So many interesting things that I'm waiting for with this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, one, I'm waiting for. I, I can't wait to see more Tom Holland's Tom Holland Spider Man. I already know that's going to be good. Two, I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal as the villain in this movie because a, a few reasons. I mean. I was talking to Adam about this, that I, 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 the people in general, okay, me, when the last Spider-Man movie came out, I was being a little shit when I heard that it was the Vulture that was, that that was going to be the the featured villain. It's like, man, the Vulture, come on, Spider-Man has such a huge rogues gallery. I mean, there's obvious ones, obviously Venom. But, you know, Doc Ock, I mean, look at the fucking Spider-Man game we Mm -hmm. just played. Doc Ock is so good. But there are so many villains to go for, and you went for the Vulture. Oh, boy. This is going to be so fucking mediocre and average. And then I heard it was Michael Keaton playing the Vulture. I said, well, okay, Michael Keaton can act his ass off, so maybe this will be good. Then the movie came out. Holy shit. <laughs> Was that good? So based on that, I'm now you've got another stellar actor. I fucking love Jake Gyllenhaal. I've there's n- I don't think there's any, a movie in I that he's been in I 
There isn't one movie that he's been in that I did not like his performance in. And he's going to be playing the villain. So I, I can't wait to see that aspect of this movie. What I'm really, what I'm also really looking forward to is seeing how much of this middle ground between phases slash uh, uh, setting up for the next bunch phase or bunch mm-hmm. of phases that this game, that this movie will potentially show. Uh, it's, I have a, I have good feelings about this movie. I mean, again, we don't have much else to go for this year. The, the the big one's already done. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. And I also know that this stuff is good because my wife has made uh she made mention on a few occasions that you know she's not really into Spider Man in general as far as you know. I mean, she's not a huge comic nerd. Period. But Spider-Man's been kind of a, eh, whatever, but the last Spider-Man movie and Spider-Man in these tall in these uh, Avengers films, oh, she's all about it. So when I told her we're gonna go see uh, Far From Home, she was very interested. It wasn't a okay, I'll go with you because I know you like it. She wants mm-hmm. to see it too. So it just shows again that Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing a bang up job with their properties. And. Yeah. Now, likelihood of us seeing X Men referenced in all of this movie <laughs> I, again, I I'm not looking for that. Yeah. I've heard tell that that the idea is X Men are coming, but don't look for them in any time soon. I take that as don't look them, don't look for them any year soon. You know. However, about 2022 rolls around, and I'm not seeing X Men hints. We got a problem. It's sure. bullshit. that's right the uh the latest movie came out didn't it uh yeah the dark phoenix yeah i heard uh uh, that it wasn't very good yeah i heard pretty spectacular man and can't you know unlike the apocalypse movie that i did see i can't really say anything about it because i haven't seen it but wow if hmm it has a 23% on Rotten wow. Tomatoes and a 43% on Metacritic. Wow. Yeah. It and I mean, barely look, has made its budget. For one, this is their fault. This is their fault again. The Phoenix Saga. It, it is a fucking saga. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like four, five, six movies. Not one. And this is not the first time y'all have done this. So you fucked up yourself. I I already had it's 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 so it's such a shame that I think this way. Because again, I'm putting up the actors against the movie itself. You know, these actors in these X-Men movies, for the most part, are are, are good actors. You know? And it's also that you've seen them in other films and you're trying your best to make cases for like, okay, well, there are good actors. Yep. Yeah, but how are they in this movie? Okay. They're good in this movie, but it, that still doesn't make this movie good. You know, you got fucking James McAvoy, you have Michael Fassbender two, bam, right there. Awesome. Top right off the gate. They are good. 
and even in the, the apocalypse movie for the most part uh they were good in their roles but every fucking thing else in that movie sucked and i was that petty asshole that was like yes when i saw the art for the 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 the, the, the screenshots or whatever the fuck i saw and it's like oh that's apocalypse in this movie i'm not gonna like it well, that was like a costume variation. It's just their stylized version of one of Apocalypse's costumes. And I'm like, you're fucking up. I realize it is a cartoon. And I realize that X-Men are from the 90s. But, like, sorry, not sorry. If you tell me Apocalypse is coming to the theaters and I don't see him with that fucking classic blue armor on and the fucking pipes coming out the back to the neck and the fucking big-ass metal plate on the front of his neck and the, the blue lines across the mouth and I don't hear him with that with that that reverence in his voice that I am the eternal short. I, that's what we want. And that's not, we didn't get that. They tried. They tried a little bit. It did not work. And even he, he was a great actor. But it just shitty writing. And I see that when I, I saw that when I saw this Dark Phoenix. Now I could see number one, this is a this is a saga that you're cramming in one movie for some reason. But it just yeah. I, I don't think we have to worry about this too much anymore i mean i think this is kind of i think this is kind of done you know so maybe now we don't have to worry about you know being upset at, at oscar isaac and james mcavoy and just been, can y'all go do something else and get away from this trash fire um yeah their uh their budget was 200 million and the box office when i googled uh, it came up as two hundred thirty-three million, so yeah. thirty-three million profit right now. Yeah, it's in the hands of the MCU, and I think now we are fortunate that all we have to do is give it time. The good shit's coming, man. It's not coming immediately, but it's coming, and I can't wait. I have no choice but to wait, <laughs> but I definitely can't wait till it's a decade or so for now. And we're like, man, we are going to see the whatever saga finale. And man, can you believe, man, they got fucking, they have uh, all so many X-Men in here. So many Avengers in here, Deadpool's in here. Like, wow, I can't believe they finally did it. And look, Wolverine is in his costume, and fucking Thor's in his costume, and etc. Yada yada yada. I have faith, man. I have faith. So, well, damn, man. Uh, I think that's gonna do it for tonight, man. Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah. audience, audience, comic book movies, video game movies. Do us the justice that we can't because we're kind of sort of limited to time here. What are your rants and ravings and spiels about, you know, these franchises, these industries, especially the video game to movie in, uh, industry? Uh, 
what 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 are some good things about it what are the bad obviously tell us all the bad things about it what things are you looking to see changed how would you see them changed i mean you got to think me and chris are fucking armchair directors here we're talking big game about how we want the move the video game movies to be better but i mean we're not writing them we're not producing them or directing them so um still good conversation uh are you an MMORPG player? Do you play WoW? Do you play Final Fantasy XIV? If you play fourteen, are you interested in the patch? Uh, are you excited for the expansion coming out? Do you have a loose interest in MMORPGs or Final Fantasy XIV or thinking about getting into it? Do you have any questions for me or uh, definitely for Chris because he's in it right now that you know may sway you into playing yourself? Uh, what games are you playing? What what did you buy from the summer summer Steam sale? Do you do you abstain from it because you've already spent too much money? Uh, anything and everything we talked about tonight or previous episode, anything you want to talk about in general, gaming, anime, comic, whatever related, we love to hear anything from you. Love to talk to you. Love to engage in conversation. There are many ways that you can make that happen. Uh, one of those is Facebook. You can go to Facebook and type in End of Time Cast. Uh, you can post on our wall, send us a message, and uh, we make our uh, post updates there for the episode. So maybe how you found this episode right here. We have an email address. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it like you heard it. We still have a Twitter page. You can tweet us. You can retweet us. Uh, our videos, our episodes are being converted into video and then being uploaded to YouTube. So you can listen there as well. And you can leave comments on the, the YouTube videos. At this point, you should be able to go to Google and in, uh, in quotation, type in end of time cast and there's quite a few avenues for you to listen to us download us and uh comment or even email us we'd love to hear feedback from you uh it's a, such a strong force to have audience engagement because you know it's, it, that's what we're doing this for it's what i'm doing this for definitely so yeah that's gonna do it for tonight's episode and until next time i'm michael and i'm chris Good night, everybody. <laughs>